Coco Talk is an unscripted live broadcast. Anything can and will happen. The views and opinions expressed by members of the panel and the live audience are their own and not necessarily those of the Coco Talk show, its sponsors, affiliates, or subsidiaries. Open minds encourage, sense of humor recommended. If any off-color comments were made, we're sorry. Hi, this is Dale Leader, designer of TRS-80 Color Baseball, and you're listening to Coco Talk. This is Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. It's time to drop your socks and grab your real-time clocks, and let's rock. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the Tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll Here never some echo. Because Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to episode 129 of Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring a Tandy Color Computer. Are you ready to talk about the Coco today, boys and girls? I can hear you. All right, welcome one and all. We are here, we are back, we are live on the airwaves. Guys talking Coco, Coco talking guys. It is episode 129. We've already been trolled before we were even on the air. Let's get to that right away at the top of the show. Jim Brain from Retro Innovation says, Will the panelists actually get around to talking about the Coco at some point? If so, we're ready. Doubtful, though. They will stay on topic. All right. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for that pre-show trolling there. That is the sign of a true professional troll, and that's the sign of a successful show. Successful shows draw professional trolls. Uh, Speaking of draws, we also draw some of the most handsome men on the Internet. This is the Retro 2019 calendar. Hot dudes of retro, hot cocoa cover boys are here. Speaking of one of the hottest cover boys on the Internet, we've got Nick Marota, Nick Marota, Nick Marota. Welcome to the program, Nick. (laughs) Good afternoon. How are you doing? Oh, we are just doing fabulous, sir. We are so glad you could join us and make the screen look pretty. Uh, I just want to say uh, to our fellow Canadians, happy Thanksgiving weekend. Hey. Two hours earlier up here. Happy Thanksgiving, eh? <laughs> yep. And Columbus Day in the States, I believe, isn't it? Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, Curtis Boyle on his overdrive microphone coming in loud and hot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got to be changing the soundboard here because I haven't touched my mic in two weeks and it keeps changing settings. Curtis, so. you are overmodulated. Trust me, too much of Curtis is not a good thing. Uh, Might just be the caffeine, I'm not sure. (laughs) Well, happy Thanksgiving, you Canadian turkeys. Gobble, gobble. Uh, I'm glad you all could be here. Uh, L. Curtis Boyle is here from O Canada. How's it going, E? Hello, everyone. You doing good? All right, we've got from sunny Arizona, where you can fry an egg on the frickin' sidewalk it's rondell was with this in the program hey everybody hey uh can you tell me where the cocoa flame resides 
<laughs> we're keeping it alive. It's uh, well, do you know exactly where it is? Or there's a bunch of athletes that run around uh, keeping that thing lit all year no, round. No, it, it's it's actually behind the radio shack, <laughs> right by the dumpster. Yeah, the cocoa flame <laughs> is in the dumpster behind Radio Shack. I love it. Yes, keeping it alive. We're Got plenty of garbage to keep that fire fueled all year long. <laughs> We're going to need a graphic for that, I think. Uh, yes, we are. We also we just been joined by Amigos Retro Gaming. Hey, how are you, how are you guys doing? Our latest uh, contributors to Coco content. We've got with us our backup stream engineer, well-dressed man, handsome fellow, Mark Bosley's in the house. Hello, Mark. Hello, everybody. Speaking of handsome fellows, Terry Steggy is with us. Hello, Terry. Hey everyone. Hey Terry. Yes, host of uh, what is your website? Is it the Tandy Coco or something like that? The Tandy Shack. Yeah. The, the Tandy Shack .com. Uh, He's trying to get together the world's most comprehensive archive of the TDP systems, Tandy Data Product Systems. Uh, we have a man who has appeared at uh, Hamvention, at Corgscon, at Penfest, ninety nine and two thousand. Available at Tandy Assembly. Coco Fest and available for weddings and bar mitzvahs. It's none other than the Coco Man himself, Jason Reichert. Hello, Jason. Howdy, howdy. And just remember, no MC10s have been harmed in the recording of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> that is good to know. Have you hugged an MC10 today? Is what we all want to know. Um, somebody want to let Terry back into the call? Terry Steggy, one person is waiting. Where, Terry, aren't you in the call? He looks he's like he's frozen. He's frozen. Oh, we got to admit him back in. All right, he's back in. All right, we've got all the way from, uh, it's Uruguay, right? Is it Uruguay, Diego? Yeah, it is. Sometimes I screw up because, yeah, you, this is how you had me yeah. remember it, like you are gay, right? Yeah. So um, that's right, because sometimes <laughs> I want to say Ecuador, but it's you are gay. Uh, Diego is with us. Hey, Diego, how are you? I'm doing good. And you? <laughs> good. Welcome to the program. Yeah. Not my gay, but your gay. It's yeah. your gay. Yeah, keep keep. Everybody's <laughs> gay. Keep your gay to yourself. All right. <laughs> Is he closer <laughs> to the flame? <laughs> oh, and uh, somewhere, go ahead, Jason. It's his gay or the high gay. Uh, so, yeah, right. uh, it's going or the high I'll, 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 yes. I'll go get my. All right. I'll get so my he's <laughs> he's keeping an eye on the matrix for us. We have all the way from Australia, David O'Connor. Good eye, David. Hello, everybody. It's uh, four thirty-six a.m. here on Sunday morning in the future in uh, the land down under. Down under. All right. You're insane. We've got a guy whose joystick I used for many hours last night playing Coco games. It's John Strong of Strongware, maker of many fine products for your Calor computer. Welcome, John. And he's got something green in his hand there. It's his translucent case. That's his translucent case that we saw a sneak peek of last week. It's now opened up, and we see shiny electronic parts inside there. It's clear. It's a clean run. There's no blemishes. That yeah, is beautiful. Yeah, it's a lot better. It's uh, getting some warpage on the print. Some things I've got to correct yet. But, uh, you know, for print, too, it's yeah. pretty good. It's beautiful. It's a work of art. Speaking yeah, of work of arts, we got Paul Shoemaker with us. Hey, Paul, welcome to the program. Hey, guys. How's it going? Very good. It's going excellent. It's going excellent. We have the coiner of the phrase, Dumpster Fire, Mr. Richard Lorbieski of Boisson Technologies. Welcome, Richard. Uh, hey, how you doing? You know, I saw the same exact screenshot at the post office. 
Of? Oh. Did it have the word reward on it? Yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it said top 10. <laughs> Welcome, Richard. How are the warranty repairs coming along? Good? Uh, you know, you're going to have to talk to Jim Brain about that. <laughs> 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 uh, all Mr. Right. RMA himself, huh? A guy who takes live streaming to new depths. It's the guy we call Greg, Grant Leedy. Welcome, Grant. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, Richard, just to let you know, you got a case of root beer coming to your house. Probably <laughs> They're already pre-opened uh, it, and ready it, it, to probably spill. You'll be all spilt up, you know. <laughs> yeah, you shook them all up, so as soon as you open them, they're just going to fizz all over the place. Yeah. Pre-spilt. Pre-spilt. That's why we can't have nice things. Right. And last, oh, yeah, but... you can. They just have to be wet and sticky. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> but well, it'll be. They'll lose the the root beer. Lose the fizziness at the time if he opens them. Need some fizzy lifting drink. And last but certainly not least, from the land down under as well, neighbor of David O'Connor, neighbor of Bryza, neighbor of Chad Cunnington. Because all Australians are neighbors. It is Nicholas Morentes. Good eye, Nick. Hey, everyone. Yep, yep. I had better things to do at 4 a.m. Uh, on a Sunday morning. But, <laughs> like sleep. But anyway, here I am. Well, this show puts you right back to sleep when you hear Nick yeah. snoring. <laughs> what else is there to do on a Saturday afternoon? All right. And in, in the live chat. Yeah, in the live chat, we've got Al Hartman. Al Hartman was here early. Retro Innovations was here early. Vocal Studio, a.k.a. DeBruce Moore, is here. Nick Moroda is here. Alexander Wallace, our friend from Mexico, is here. Mark B. Matchy is here. Tim Franklin. Tom C. from Jersey saying, Hello, nuts. Amigos Retro Gaming here saying, Sup, y'all, and hiya, boys. L. Curtis Boyle is here. Nick Moroda, Nick Moroda, Nick Moroda. We are here. We are live. We are talking Coco. Um... Now that we've got our introductions out of the way and the first 45-minute segment of the show is done, it's time for a commercial break, and then we'll run the closing credits. So good night, all. See you next week. Yeah. <laughs> was, that, was that Jim Brain or her cheering? <laughs> <laughs> and I am your guest host this week, Stevie Stroh. Mr. Can't Get Past Level 1 in any game. Um, and... You proved yourself wrong yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> So what are we going to talk about this week, boys? What's new and exciting? Anything happened this past week? Anything of newsworthy, discussion-worthy topics? Anything happened Thursday evening by any chance? Mm, don't think so. Hmm? I was, I was, listening, I was <laughs> listening to my color computer get older. <laughs> oh. Is that possible? Yes. We're all getting older. Wasn't there an election? And I, I, was, I was really d- disappointed I, my, uh, my candidate... Uh, Abe Stain did not did not win any of the offices there. Ah, um, <laughs> I believe the nominee for the longest introduction of uh, Jason the Cocoa Man Riker, that title is undisputed at this point. So, I thought Abe Stain played kind of dirty. <laughs> I don't know. Stain. I've never heard of this person. I, I, they've never contributed anything to the Facebook group or anywhere, and they all of a sudden they just run for office. The thing that made me suspicious about Mr. Abstain there is that uh, he actually was running for every single position. I know. I, know. So <laughs> I didn't know that was allowed. Who nominated him? Well, we um, we so for those of you not aware, if you have not, if you've been under a rock for the past few months, we've been telling you about. Well, actually, for the past 29, 30 plus years, there's been this club known as the Glenside Color Computer Club. They host every year our annual migration and uh, geek convention known as Coco Fest. And um, 
And so once a year, they nominate their officers, and the nominations were just happened, and the voting had been tallied, and the, the winners were announced. And does anybody want to announce that, Curtis? Is that part of your news, or you want? Are we going to lead with that, or it, you want it is part to take of the it news. away? I can. We can lead with it if you want. Why don't we go ahead and lead with the Glenside election announcements and what has happened, and what does that mean, and what what uh, what is our future? <laughs> well, I was hoping our, our, our new president would actually be on to kind of give his guidelines as to what he was planning for the future of both the club and for uh, Coco Fest, especially considering the 40th anniversary one's coming up, but uh, he wasn't able to make it today, so he's planning. a future episode. He's out but planning. basically, the election results are the, the president is Eric Canales, secretary is Rich Bear, treasurer is Brian Goers, vice president is John Mark Mobley, and a surprise at the end is that Steve Strobridge is the new newsletter editor. Who is Steve Strobridge? I have no idea. Oh, that guy. Mm. <laughs> Sounds like a shady, unreliable, unreputable character to me. It might be the alter ego of Abstain. Yeah, Abstain. Yes. <laughs> That's Abstain. the guy with the broken TDP. Yes. <laughs> I got at least one wire loose in my harness, so... <laughs> Um, so yeah, so, so the con congratulations are in order for John Mark Mobley and John Mark has been a member of Glenside for, for decades and John Mark has been very active and very involved and mostly does the newsletter and a lot of the communications and public relations. And so John Mark Mobley was, was nominated for vice president. He won the position, um, of vice president and then our new president this year too is Eric Canales as well who's not with us but Eric has been a member of Glenside for a couple of years now he's been attending Cocoa Fest past couple of years he is local to the Chicago area and he is our new president so hopefully Glenside is in good hands and our future is going to be continue the tradition of great uh, clubs and great Cocoa Fest and all that good stuff yeah shame about the newsletter though yeah, and the new <laughs> newsletter's going right in the toilet, but hopefully the rest of the club will be uh, will be good. Um, so, yeah, this month in a newsletter, let's talk about cosmic aliens. <laughs> next month, yeah, next month we'll give you another sneak peek at cosmic aliens. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this this week we'll be discussing scan line number forty two. Yes, yes, oh my. So, is it too late to impeach the news editor? No, not at all. Please. <laughs> I, I, I'm in favor of public floggings whenever possible. <laughs> um, okay, so Tim, Tim Franklin in the live chat is saying, somewhat Coco-related. Did anyone see the Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 promo? It's amazing. I did. Um, it is amazing. I have seen it a little while ago, Tim. Um, yeah, and uh, I'm really looking forward to that. And so for those of you, it is, it's, it's very Cocoa related because wasn't it Sublogic who made the original flight simulator that was on the Cocoa that was purchased by Microsoft or some other company? Yes. Some Sublogic did the first two. I like, we had Flight Sim 1 for the Cocoa 1 program by Garrick Zumwalt. And then we had Flight Sim 2, which was colored for the Cocoa 3. And, and um, that, those are kind of the impetus of what would become decades worth of Microsoft flight simulators, right? Yeah, and this is the first one Microsoft's done in years, too. It's been quite a while. Yeah, they kind of abandoned the franchise um, for a while. Um, James Jones is joining us for the first time in history. Hey, James Jones is here. Um, yeah, I saw, the, I saw the promo. It's been a while since I've seen it, Tim, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, 
What I'm really excited I can, about. I can now crash the plane trying to land in photorealistic <laughs> graphics. Yeah, my dad has been a huge fan of this for years. And um, so my dad has been staying on top of all the, I think Flight Simulator X was the last one they, they made. And that's got to be 10 plus years yeah. since they did that. But there were, my dad has had every single add-on piece of scenery and all the extra planes and all the third you know third party plugins for it my dad's been playing that stuff for years he's got the different sticks so you can turn them sideways and all kinds of stuff he's huge into that um and so yeah even the coco version had scenery discs that you could order oh yeah they, yeah they didn't they didn't openly advertise them that much but there was at least a half a dozen or so that were made yeah yeah but so yeah, I, some i have the i have the japanese one i still need to convert that one over mm-hmm oh for the coco Yep. Yes. Oh, neat, neat, neat. Yeah, so this is supposed to include content that's based on satellite imagery, and we're using, like, cloud computing and all kinds of extra stuff for, um, you know, to bring it as much power as possible. So it will be interesting to see. Um, thanks for bringing that up, Tim. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. And, and luckily for me, because I have an Xbox and I have the um, membership, I forgot what it's called, Xbox Game Pass, you pay monthly. Um, any new product that Microsoft, that any Xbox exclusive title, I get automatically in my subscription. So I'll have access to that the, the day it comes out. So I'm looking forward to, I'm going to play it like an arcade game. I don't care about the sim part. I just want to fly around and, you know, and see cool graphics. Um, but well, you can do cool. a comparison video when you do do that. You can, if you want to yeah. do the game part, you can do the World War II part of the Coco Flight Sim 2. To show how much it's advanced in the oh, yeah. last true. 30 years. True. Very true. Very, very true. Cool. Thanks for asking that question. Uh, James Jones, are you with us? I think he dropped out. Ah, maybe he's trying to get back in. It sounds like he came in and then we heard a, a blast of sound. And we had a blast with the new math tutor. And um, hopefully he'll be back on soon. All right. So we've gone through that. We So we started off. We've, our lead story is the Glenside um, election announcement. So we have a new president. We have a new vice president. Congratulations to both of you. New um, newsletter editor. Congratulations. Newsletter new editor. In all seriousness. Yes. Well, thank you. And I apologize in advance for my... Uh, <laughs> for whatever shite. Are you going to rage quit every issue? Yes, <laughs> yes. Is, um, again, I think we, we, we touched on this last week, but really, if you want, if you have suggestions on how to make Cocoa Fest better, how to make, um, you know, things you'd like to see happen at Cocoa Fest, suggestions for the event, um, make sure you attend the meetings and let your voices be heard. And so you go to the Glenside website, right? GlensideCCC.com. Join the club, attend the meetings that you can attend them virtually, and let your voice be heard. It doesn't matter as much as who's sitting in a seat, who's the president, who's the vice president. It's really the club members that are going to make the decisions. We make the suggestions. These suggestions will get voted upon, and we can say, listen, let's do this, or let's not do that, or whatever else it may be. Um, so now, question for people that can't make the meetings, either because they have work shifts that day, which has happened to me the last few times. Uh, what's what's the best alternative way to get a hold of for suggestions for that? Do you have a special email account or anything set up, or does it just go to the president or mm, newsletter editor or what? I guess we'd have to check the website. Um, and now, since I'm going to be slightly involved now, uh, you guys can just email us at our normal show address at uh, cocotalk at cocotalk.live, and um, we will all see it. And um, you know, see what we can do. I don't know. I'm not. I don't. I'm not going to sit here and try to real time scour the um, Glenside website to tell you where the links are. But hopefully, that information is there. Um, 
uh, you can definitely contact some of the officers. The officers' email addresses should be listed on the site. Is is there a, a person that's in charge of Cocoa Fest itself, or is it a committee, or is it just the president, or hmm. I don't even know who to? It probably should be the. Honestly, you're asking me. I'm not an officer. I don't know. I cannot speak on behalf of that okay. hierarchy. Um, it would they be nice. They have if... in the past uh, people who took and managed that. I and I think that's kind of a decision as the Cocoa Fest gets closer, and so uh, decided in the in meetings and such who's going to actually be ahead of organizing and that but there's been different people in the past that organized the coco fest but not necessarily uh, the officers themselves is that what i'm hearing not necessarily because you're a officer or you're the organizer okay just because you're officer doesn't mean you're you have to organize the fest okay well, one thing I would mention is we need to f decide that a bit ahead of time compared to previous years because uh, it being the fourth anniversary, if we want to do some special stuff above and beyond a normal Cocoa Fest, we should be planning early, not waiting until. Right, right. And so the, the, the simple answer is, is come to the meetings and make and, and make those suggestions so they can be heard and the motion can be you know voted on, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think it's been mostly Tony Pedraza has been the primary organizer. And I know John Linville has been very heavily involved in trying to organize and, and um, structure things too. So hopefully between the two of them, some of that heavy lifting will still um, take place. But I, I think ultimately the buck should stop with the president. So even if the president's not specifically doing it directly, that they should be responsible for making sure it's forward, making sure it's getting forward. done and gathering and compiling that information, right? So we have somebody trying to call to join the call. Is it Billy Jean Lewis? I'm not sure who's trying to call, but we need to make sure we know who you are to, to jump in. So maybe throw us a little note in the live chat so we know who you are before we just let people on. We have had some trolls join us in the past, so we got to be careful who we bring into the live program. We so, let Jim on either, right? Uh, definitely not. No. no. Um, anyways, yes. So uh, we've, we've handled that. Do we want to go ahead and do our uh, project updates? This week, anyone have an update they want to share with us? I do. John Strong of Strongware. This should be a follow-up to what you showed us last week, I'm going to assume. Yes. I also posted pictures and there's comments on Facebook. And so just a little detail. I'm still getting some war pages and stuff in the, in the case. I'm used to a different camera than I'm using today. and But it's, it's done a pretty good update. I'm going to be another full pass of redrawing a lot of things, but it's looking good so far, and we'll see how it works out. Okay. Uh, my first conventionally 3D printed one uh, arrived, so I'll be doing one with the inserts also as well. And uh, the other update is, as I have started back to work on the, the uh, patch for the OPL, the Mega Mini. Uh, I do have to find uh, my Cocoa SDC, which has been misplaced in the move. Okay. So, but I've been uh, on the emulator looking and walking through the code, and I have found some things to, to work on to do that. Uh, so it's being worked on. And when you say patch, we're Let's talking see, about uh, a patch for basic that will let you use the play command to output to a sound chip? Yes. Okay. That's something I'm really, uh, really looking forward to, John. It's going to be, uh, it's going to feature strongly on my, uh, excuse the pun, on my uh, new album, Coco Music. 
Well, it's, you know, it's, I don't know how much we can do with just being an overlaid patch, but, you know, I want to do the overlay to basic and use just that memory space. You know, so it, so it could be burned into EEPROM and replaced. So James is trying to get on again. Okay. <laughs> I think James just blew into the call there. Um. <laughs> so that's kind of my update. Uh, I did find the other pieces of equipment I needed, and uh, can't remember where I stashed the Cocoa SDC. <laughs> cool. Well, continue it's that got my, It's got my assembler for the real hardware on it, and so I need to run it to, to do the testing. So, But, uh, David, if you want to contact me uh, through uh, Messenger or something like that, we may have something that you might be able to test before. Uh, before long, you can give it a try. Before, if Absolutely. I don't find my Cocoa SDC. Okay. Absolutely, I'll send you a message uh, tomorrow, and we'll who, get onto it. That's who wonderful. else has an update now? Uh, I do. David O'Connor from Australia has an update. What is your update, David O'Connor? My update is a little package arrived in the mail from one Carlos Camacho during the week. Um, with some cocoa badges. Um, I, that's the old badge off my uh, Coco 3, 128K, okay. Color Computer 3. If I just zoom in here um, to my Coco, and yeah. I'll, just get a, I'll just put a little bit of light on here so we can see that badge a little better. If I just show that look badge. at that, 2048K. Yeah. Nice. It's... Yeah, beautiful badge the bubble with the bubble thing as well, which the uh, Coco Three didn't originally have. Looks very, very nice, nice and shiny. Nice. So, uh, so, what was the technique you used to get your old name badge off? A uh, jeweler's flat blade screwdriver. <laughs> it's uh, no special high tech. I just was, got a screwdriver. Um, you didn't heat it up or anything to melt the glue? Just scraped it off. No, I just scraped it straight off. It actually, it, I can, you can see on the back of the old one there. It's, Did uh, it bend a little bit as you were scraping up under to kind of curl it all or anything? Or Slightly, but it's, the old one is a little, you probably can't really tell there. It's, it's slightly buckled, but it's still pretty in pretty good shape. Okay. Um, and the, uh, yeah, the new one just went on beautifully. I just, uh, I'd scraped all the glue off with a Stanley knife and uh, made the surface nice and flat and then uh, stuck the new one on. Um, but also along with those badges, there's some, uh, badges, stickers here. I don't need no stinking stickers badges. Here. Are those, um, like holographic, <laughs> um, warranty stickers? Yes, they are. Exactly. That's ah, exactly what they are. Look at that. That is cool. So you can so, replace your warranty void if broken the sticker with a new shiny one. Absolutely. Um, so you can try taking it back to one of the remaining radio shows. <laughs> There's one uh, in Keller, Texas. Go ahead. They'll never know. And we know well, how speed like shiny things. I love shiny things. That's uh, that'll be uh, that'll be interesting to <laughs> see what they said with that. But right here, there is some uh, 64k RAM badges for my Coco ones. Nice. Um, bubble badges as well, um, and also uh, three more. Um, Bubble badges, Coco One bubble badges. There. Okay. That just say Color Computer. Uh, that okay. actually, it's actually it's it's spelt uh, the American way. Ah. So, <laughs> okay. so I didn't get any Australian 
Could have been uh, nice to get some Australian ones. But, uh, right. Well, actually, you don't mean Australian. You mean the rest of the world ones, basically. You mean proper. <laughs> well, Correct. yeah, actually, yeah. The <laughs> yeah, yeah, proper cause... spelling of Kalur. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, UK and uh, and um, Canada, Canada and, and yeah, Australia. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, we have so. a question which I believe the answer is going to be no to. But does Carlos Camacho make other badges or just for the cocoa? That's a good Anybody question. Know? I don't know. I don't uh, know the answer to that one. Yeah, I'm only really like, aware of the cocoa ones. Somebody would like one for their Amiga 1200. Yeah, I would say reach yeah. out to him on Facebook, Alexander. And I don't if, see why he couldn't make them. So yeah, yeah, reach out to him. Reach out to him on Facebook, and I believe his website is just Color Computer Store or the Color Computer Store. Um, so you can check out his. He's got a. He's got an e-commerce site too. If you could reach out to him there. Um, but yeah, Carlos makes good stuff. Make quality stuff. Well, wouldn't the Amiga look yeah, these, as a cocoa the, badge anyway? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, <laughs> just put, yeah, just put a cocoa badge upgrade, on the Amiga. Right? Yeah, we love the we love Commodore. Overall, I have to say I'm. Overall, I have to say I'm very impressed with the quality of these badges. The, the stickiness of them is really good. Once you stick them on, they, they're going to stay on. And uh, the actual quality of the printing and the bubbles and everything's nice and even. It's uh, They look really professional. Yeah. I recall he tried multiple vendors and he had test runs done and, yeah. and finally yeah. found the ones he liked. So he, he definitely put a lot of effort into it. Yeah, well, it's, it was definitely worth it. Yeah. So. Amigo Retro's Gaming and uh, Al Hartman are both mentioning that uh, there are other companies that are already making Amiga okay. replacement badges, yeah. uh, some in the UK, etc. So. Hey, you should join us, Amiga Retro Gaming, dude. Talk I'm to assuming us about... that's Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should join us, dude. Um, just check started a good Etsy. podcast a couple weeks ago. Check Etsy, he says. Okay, cool. So we got badges. Who else has got some uh, project updates or acquisitions they want to share? Who's got something to show or to tell? Uh, Terry Steggy is raising his hand. Yeah, just it, kind of along uh, what John was working on. A buddy of mine asked if I could uh, 3D print some uh, cartridges for him for game cartridges. So uh, turned out pretty slick. They're oh wow, mm, nice. And what I'm is gonna... that for? What system would that be for? This would be for the Coco. Um, it's a regular game cartridge. They snap together pretty well okay yeah yeah and then some issues with warping like john was saying so i'm trying to get the support but this is with the resin printer uh so you don't really get any lines or nothing it's pretty good detail but i've not tried the uh clear resin like john had there but do you, uh, now did you create this model yourself or did you find this from a library somewhere where they existed or I found one and kind of tweaked it. I didn't really like how some of their, it was pretty blocky. So okay. I was able to use a, um, like a CAD program and, and shape that. The thing I was impressed with now, not including my time, because this took, this was six and a half hours, but the cost of the resin um, was about a buck 50. So what I, I thought that was pretty darn economical. And, I, and that was just printing one. I can actually fit, two complete cartridges on my uh, bed and the time would be the same. It doesn't, it doesn't matter because uh, it's doing it in slices or layers. So it doesn't really care so much. Um, uh, so you can get two done every six hours then basically. Yep. You two every six. 
So anyway, and, and that's got the nice design too, where you have the screw hole on the bottom, so you don't wreck any labels you may put on the cartridges. Exactly. I'd like to put uh, kind of like John was talking about in the in the post, maybe drill that out a little bit and put some kind of an insert in there. But uh, they seem to be pretty darn strong. After you cure them, um, I mean they're you can't break the sucker. <laughs> well, there I did. You broke it. <laughs> Oops! Don't break it. Don't break that's it. That's all right. That's what. That's what they're there for. Are, are you gonna? Are you gonna make a TDP edition? That's exactly what I would like to do. <laughs> I think that'd be kind of cool to have something, maybe to give out at some of the trade shows. That is just a cartridge you can give out, and they can plug in and have whatever you want. Cocoa wise, that might. Clean? Is, is there clear resins available for 3D printers? It'd be pretty yep. cool to make a clear one. Yep. John's is kind of clear. It's the, his green one he was showing earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Translucent sort of, yeah. Be good if we could, if someone could make a, if they had a bed big enough to make a, an entire Cocoa, you know, Cocoa 2 or 3, even a Cocoa 1, I mean, it's pretty big, but a Cocoa 3 case out of clear resin would be really cool. That would be cool. I don't what I'm waiting for is the first translucent or transparent case that actually has LEDs in it so that the game will actually have red alert and it'll glow red and then green oh, and wow. status green and stuff. That'd be cool. <laughs> That'd be cool. It can be done. We have the technology. We have the power. Wait, we can do it. You can do that with the boomerang board, can't you? It's got the LED. Mm-hmm. Yep, you can do it there too. Wow. Uh, yeah, like ambient lighting, right? That'd just be really cool. Um, cool stuff. All right, Terry. So, what else? Anything? Anything else from you there, Mr. Steggy? I've ordered a few things, but they haven't showed up yet. So, as soon as they do, I'll, maybe next week I'll have have something to show. Okay. All right. Anyone else have a, an update they want to share? No, oh, I can give you a little bit of an update. Um, for uh, for those who may remember, uh, they're at uh, VCF Midwest. Yeah. I, uh, I picked up a, uh, a bin of cocoa stuff along with a uh, cocoa three and uh, yeah, the cocoa three here. I really hadn't gotten to show it, but it has, uh, let's see here. I'll move this the right way. If someone had taken the broken power switch and put this key switch in, but not only, not only that, but like I said, it was in a bin of stuff and guy gave it, I got it for 10 bucks. So I, I couldn't, I couldn't pass that up, but I've talked about that before, and uh, I don't know how well this is going to show up, but this is kind of how it looked. Had a bunch of All a, the soap, uh, and yeah, yeah. some type of soap powder in it or something. Well, and and just uh, and I, 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 I yeah, I, I dumped most of that out in the uh, the trash can there at the uh, venue at VCF. But, uh, just uh, I'm thinking yesterday I went ahead and uh, got the compressed air out and. Uh, Blew everything out and. Uh, have you tried fabric softer? I have not tried fabric softer, <laughs> but uh, lo and behold, I have the motherboard out of it now, and it did power up and it did boot. Oh, so that's that's a good thing. Uh, the the power the power switch here um, was pretty much destroyed, and it was filled with like hot glue or something, and those wire those speaker wires were running to that uh, key switch, so. I'm going to go ahead and remove this. I have uh, replacement power switches and go okay. ahead and fix stuff. I have a name for that product. Why don't you call it the Switcheroo? <laughs> <laughs> I think that name's the taken. <laughs> um, so I'm going to have to come up with something else. But um, 
Yeah, and uh, it's hard. You can't really see on camera here, but there the uh, the 512 case saw that was actually some of that glue made it down into there. So that looks like that's going to be wow. fun to try to clean those out. Uh, oh. It does have 128k RAM in it right now, but and it has a 1987 Gimme chip. So. Nice. I did just get I did just just get the shield off of it here, and uh, it, it it doesn't look too bad. I mean, it does boot. Uh, I, I wasn't getting anything through the cartridge port, but it does look like there's still a little bit of um, a soap powder, uh, maybe residue or something in the car cartridge port. So I'm going to have to hit that with compressed air again. Mm -hmm. It does power up and it and it outputs video on all three outputs. So I'm, I'm going to call this a win. I think okay. uh, I think the key switch there, I'm just, I'll take the key out. But I think that, like, people, what are you going to do with the hole? It's like, oh, maybe I'll put a hole plug in it. I'm thinking I'll just unhook the, the key switch is already unhooked. I might just leave it there without the key in it. Just uh, yeah. It's nice there. conversation piece. Yeah, you can. That's how you lock your cocoa. You keep locking yeah. it up so nobody can open up the lid, right? So. Locked up. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually saw a uh, a refurb of a uh, an Atari that looked like someone had driven over it. Um, the guy from Retro Recipes had done the refurb, and he actually like for that hole, what what you could do is so, something similar he did to fix broken portions of the case. Uh, which is basically to take some epoxy. Uh, well, he took some material and he made like a, a a copy of the the texture. He he applied this material to the case to kind of copy the texture, and then he filled the hole in with epoxy and then laid that. Oh, to reapply thing. the texture to it, huh? Yeah, and when he was interesting. done, interesting, you interesting. Tell, yeah, you could not tell that. It was repaired when he was done, or pretty close to it. Yeah, the the eight bit guy did that with um, oh, it was like a Bell and Howell, Howell Apple II clone or something, but it was black and it had a big square cut out of the top. And he did the same thing where he took it to a guy who who put some you know rubber material down that took on the pattern and then somehow poured the epoxy into that, and it was really, I mean, it it, it almost disappeared. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I saw, I saw that eight bit one that you're talking about too with that uh, Bell and Howell, that Apple II clone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that's 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 actually pretty clever. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. That sounds like a lot of work. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it does. I is think it? you should leave the key in it because yeah. it back oh, in the day the old the old uh, yeah PC IBM towers had yeah the key, right? PC yeah. towers had the lock in there too. Absolutely. I mean, it's either it's either leave the key switch in there or go to the hardware store and try to find a hole plug the same. Yeah. Right. So. Well, I remember the uh, hard drives that Radio Shack used to sell. It was like five and ten meg hard drives used to have a key. Yeah, but those big thing, honking. <laughs> yeah, but the thing of it was, was the key for every single one of them was identical. So if you just knew somebody that had a key for any of the hard yeah, drives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like just, having keys for a tractor. Yeah. I, I think they figured if you could afford one of those drives, that you wouldn't be stealing into other people's drives because thousands and thousands of dollars. So, no, yeah. do you guys remember uh, Ronco or, or something like that? That uh, they had a recliner tear on the arm of the recliner, and they take the goop and put it on. And then oh yeah, yeah. New vinyl. Awesome. That was new, new vinyl. vinyl. Yeah, <laughs> new vinyl. You could repair your site. You could repair your car top. Same your, idea. Yeah. Yeah. When I think Ronco, I, I just think that that's Ron Delvo's company. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think I said it? Yeah. yeah. Timberman, new from Ronco. That's right. Uh, 
and you Make had your the Ron uh, Delvo costume. Yeah, the Ron. Yeah, you know what? You had the Ron Delvo <laughs> costume last week. I, 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 Ronco. I, Mark Overhoser costume here. There you go. Yeah, so I can. There mm. we go. There we mark. That's my Mark Overhoser costume. I got my I'm a coconut. I'm a coconut T-shirt, and uh, I've got uh, I've got my uh, Pfizer. So there you go. Mark Overhoser now. You just gotta right. get the beard growth going. Yeah, you, need, that, you, you yeah. need an apple too well, in the background. I, I have time to stop shaving, so I, I can make that happen. <laughs> for Perfect. anyone interested in that technique, I uh, left a link to the YouTube article for uh, the Retro Recipes video where he demonstrates that uh, effect to fix. Um, paste it in the YouTube chat too, so people watching there can see it. Okay. Yeah, you, just you, you may or may not be able to do that without being a moderator, John. So if it doesn't let you paste it, let me know and I will moderate you. you uh, would... Yeah, it's great. Or Ron Delvo will have lunch with you. Yes. I think it's grayed out, so I think maybe it Okay, did. so can I copy this here? I think we should all be pasters. Yes, wouldn't you like to be a paster too? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool. So who else had an update? Jason did. Jason the Cocoa Man, showing us his soapy clean cocoa. Anyone else? Yeah. Anyone? If nobody has anything else. I have just a couple little things to show. Uh, of course, Diego. We were yep. we, we are delighted to have you joining us. <laughs> um, some of you may or may not know. I I'm been working for like over ten years doing a file manager program. It's actually in Basic, so yeah, it's not so so powerful or anything like that. Uh, it's called X-File, and the idea is that it's pretty small, and you can have it in all your floppy disk on a hard drive. I use it all the time on my uh, Super IDE, and um, I don't, you know, that I don't have an, an SDC, uh, and I've seen the SDC Explorer that you can go to all the disks and see what's in each of those. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I had a functionality that will let you browse your virtual disk in a super id card or an old id disk uh, by the label the htv dos uh, has uh, the functionality of adding a disk label okay so you browse through all your disks uh, faster than switching from one disk to another and it's kind of a little bit slower than what you get on the uh, sdc explorer but that way you can find all your disks inside the, the virtual hard disk uh, much, much faster and browse from one to another. It's pretty easy and nice if you want to find some of the things that you have. You usually have to keep a list of this virtual disk has these files, this virtual disk has these other things and so on. Now I can just browse much, much faster. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if... Um, and. You want to yep. do a screen share? Uh, if I can. Yep. I stopped sharing, so you should be able to share. Let's see. Do you see VCC now? Yes, I see VCC. Yeah. Okay, so this is the program, and now I'm seeing the content of hard disk uh, zero. So I'll just browse, and I get the list of my disk from zero to 12. I can see the next ones, so I can just go here, and now I see the content of this. And this works on the Super ID or the Glenside ID or some of the other ID cards? Yeah, yeah, and anything that has HDVDOS, I guess it will work probably with a 
SDC, but I'm not 100% sure on how that goes. Um, mouse VCC, works too. Yeah. Uh, VCC does emulate um, the Glen side and other IDEs, and so far works perfectly fine in all that I've tried. And you've tested on the real hardware too, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I actually wrote it on the real hard drive, on the real uh, hardware, sorry, because I wanted to see how slow it will be to do this bit, part of browsing the, the disks. And it's not that slow. It just reads the, the label of, of each disk. So it just takes a little bit for each one. When you and say it's course. reading the label, the label, right. is that like a volume label of the floppy drive itself? or That's, that's right, yeah. In HDBDOS, it included, it uses some of the unused or reserved uh, fat space to include a label, a volume label. So it's using the label of the disk to cross-reference the contents of the disk, and it does it. It has to somehow scrub that disk and go out there and see what's on it, though, right? If you don't uh, write a label, if you didn't create a label for the disk, mm -hmm. it will use the name of the first file that it finds as the label. Now, now but that list of files that we're seeing, how is how is that list of files getting oh, discovered? Your, no, your yeah, utilities. This is, yeah, this is going through the through the fat of the. Of the disk. You're going to track seven, 17 or of the sector yep. 17 of the floppy and you're pulling up the directory listing that way? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. I used to do stuff like that back in the day too when I was learning disk basic. I would actually write programs that would hide my directory so you couldn't see what was on it. And then the program yeah. you ran would then, you know, do all the behind the scenes shuffling. Um, right. That's oh, nice. It's got a nice interface. The 80 columns definitely makes it easier to yeah. see what you're doing there, right? Right. Yeah, I, that's a kind of compromise that I had to, to do some time ago. Decided to use the only Coco 3 modes. How big is the program? Uh, it's just, uh, I think it takes uh, three granules in the disk. That was my goal. Okay. I'm not making it any larger so it won't waste too much space. Now, is, is this mostly just for like cataloging or is this actually like a launcher no. too? You can, you see, I'm going to, let's say I want to copy this file. Mm -hmm. And if I want to copy it to disk, I don't know. I need to mind my Spanish keyword to disk 20. So I just like this. And I copied that file to disk 20. Wow, that was pretty fast. And I can see that. Yep, there, there it is. is. I have an option That's to cool. rename files. And it's limiting you to the eight characters. Of the right. thing. Okay. Yep. Now, can you launch that program from here too? So, is it kind of like a, a, like yep. a, a, a shell launcher? To, yep. Let me go to something else. So, is this like 1995 for 12 months? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I can just load, I don't know, which is the launcher of this, start, I guess. So Diego, is that the is this the way that a that a hard drive super IDE works on a Cocoa? It just basically partitions the hard drive into a whole bunch of different floppies. Yeah, it does. Let me oh. show you. That's the way it works. And so, how is it? 
just hundreds and hundreds of floppies? Uh, up to 255, yeah. Up to 255, wow. That's how virtual ones are done, right? Right. And yeah, just hand managing this way, which is the dear command, it's, you know, can be quite a pain. So that's what I did this, this program. Very nice. Yeah, cool. How do we get it? So um, it's on uh, Yaks, yet another color computer site. Info. Um, right now, it's uh, the, the version previous to this one. I'm just giving it the finishing touches today, and hopefully upload it tomorrow. Very cool. And this. Uh... Is Coco uh, Coco three or Coco one two and three or just, I, just, just, I get it by the eighty, just 80 column motor to be yeah. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. The, the first ones that I wrote the first versions will switch between one and the other mode, but that was making it too large, so I decided to compromise. Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah. There's only so much you can do uh, with limited screen real estate when you're trying to do a text-based menu system. You know, well, so right. well, if it, it, could you write a version for those who have a Coco VGA and maybe use the 64 column mode? Well, yeah, that, that's a good idea. Mm. That's a good idea. I haven't thought about might be a, a, a at least a middle ground. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Cool, that looks cool. What was I the website again? Yet another. Yeah, Y-A-C-C-S, right? Yet another color computer site, Y-A-C-C-S.info. Info, that's right. That's yeah, it. and there's also a link to that on imacoconut.com, I-M-A-C-O-C-O-N-U-T.com. I have a link to Diego's site there, I think under blogs or projects or resources, I don't remember, or all of the above. Um, cool, Diego. What, what else you've been cooking up, anything? Um, just a little game that I started some time ago, quite a few months ago. Remember, you might remember the one with the ship where you have to load the containers. It's a semi graphics with some extra in low. Oh, yeah, mode. yeah, 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 yeah. Just keep working on that, still almost, almost finished. I want to do it like with uh, rewards and badges and stuff like that, like, like you will get in modern games. Okay, that's cool. Oh, well, yeah. Maybe the game it's not that fancy, but I think that that kind of things, you know, every game should have a high score, should have options for uh, if you're supporting Coco 3 for RGB or CMP and stuff like that. And we can keep adding these new ideas that came out. I'm even thinking, uh, I haven't tried it yet, but if you have DriveWire uh, that you can access uh, a floppy disk that it's online, then maybe your high scores will be saved there and you could see the high scores of everyone else that it's playing the game and the badges and the stuff that each one. Yeah. Like online leaderboards, like we have in modern games and stuff. Yeah. I yeah. like that idea very much. That's a great idea. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't tried it, but I think uh, it should be pretty straightforward. <laughs> drive wire to work as it should. Drive wire, drive wire, yeah, drive wire. <laughs> TTL, <laughs> TTL. Um, cool, cool. Well, I always, uh, I always enjoy seeing what you got cooking, uh, cause you, you have a lot of cool stuff. So thanks for sharing that with us. Very lucky. 
Where is the X filer on your page? Uh, you need to go to my programs. Oh, okay. And you're going to get the green screen with the beer of the file. Yeah, your website is pretty cool, too. It does look like you're pulling up a directory on a Cocoa and everything else, too. I like that. Cool. Anybody else got any project updates? Anything they want to share? Show and tell? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? No? We good? Uh, all right. How about we take a commercial break and we'll come back and we'll have L. Curtis Boyle tell us what's going on with some news in the world of retro this week. Does that sound good? Sure. All right. Well, we're going to lead in. Let me turn back on sharing of audio. For you guys, um, we're going to lead in with another new Cocoa Thoughts from Samuel Gimes. Samuel Gimes has been busy thinking, and we've got thoughts to share. So enjoy the latest Cocoa Thoughts from Samuel Gimes and some commercials, and we'll be back in just a bit here, boys and girls. And now, Cocoa Thoughts by Samuel Gimes. If you can stop Superman with kryptonite, can you stop Nick Marotta with $5 ukuleles? Radio Shack, America's technology store. Right! This Christmas, Tandy has a very special offer. A family color computer pack to take away at a very special price. This family computer comes complete with software and costs an incredible $449, a saving of $241.69. It's powerful, educational, and ideal for the young and young at heart. The easy way to start computing. The color computer family pack from Tandy. Get it while it's hot. Tandy, the biggest electronic store in Australia. As you start your journey to Coco Fest, you notice the road ahead is littered with rogue furniture. You realize you are driving on the Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. The new game for the Tandy Color Computer 1, 2, and 3. Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. Stunning low-resolution visuals. Digital to analog converted sound. 100% machine language and basic. What are they saying about Nightmare Highway? Nightmare Highway. Steve B. York says, of all the games released this year, this is one of them. Elkert S. Boyle says, this will not be on my site. Nick Marionette says, crikey, look at the size of that croc. Get your complimentary copy of Nightmare Highway. Nightmare Highway. At cancanmakeit.com. If you got it for free, you paid too much. Coming soon. All situations depicted in this trailer actually happened. This true story has been anonymized to protect the guilty. Starting in the dead of winter, a group of bored teenagers, blue stuff pup, learned code cracking, learned phone freaking, hijacked and hacked. No system was safe. 
no one could catch them, or so they thought. A true story at the dawn of the internet. System hacked. All right, we're back with more Coco Talk. Wasn't sure if there's anything coming after that. I'm like, well, fade <laughs> to black, fade to black. It's still black. There's nothing it's here. Been hacked. Just, just yeah. watch out, Nick Marota. Well, thank yes. you, Samuel. That caught me totally off guard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm melting. <laughs> 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 I swear I've got I've gotten like at least twenty dollars out of this five dollar ukulele by now. Oh, well you've gotten your you've gotten your mileage out of that one. Uh yes, yes, yes. Well, we have a guy. Uh he is the host of the Color Computer Games List website. He is the co-creator uh of the original Nitrous Nine project he is the spearhead of the ease of use edition of nitrous nine and he also happens to be canadian and he's going to give us some news so what is going on this week in the word of world of news l curtis boyle take it away take it away bill noble i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> okay let's start doing the old screen share hey first up um Jim Gary, of course, has been busy as he usually is. Jim I Gary. Only, I think he's only rivaled by Ed Snyder for consistent output. Um, he's been working on the Akalabeth game on the MC10. So he uh, actually gave a shout out to me because I gave him a suggestion to speed up the text a little bit, which he actually did. And then he mentions that uh, we're planning on trying to maybe do a Base Go 9 port later on. Excellent. So I won't bother playing the video because we've seen it a few times before. It's just a little bit faster on the text screen. Uh, but then he did an update a couple days later, and he's hitting a bit of a snag. So I will switch to that link here. He's running out of memory. Um, even on the MC10, the MC10 actually compresses BASIC a little bit better than the Coco does. So he's not sure if he's going to be able to fit it, because he's only got a couple hundred bytes free now. And he figures he's probably going to need another 2 to 3K in order to finish the original version of the game. Hmm. So I've uh, reached out to him a little bit. There's a few ideas uh, to shrink it a little bit. I don't know if it'll be enough, but we'll we'll give it a shot uh, to see if we can actually get it to fit. Um, if not, though, we, this might become a basic nine only project to get the entire Akalabeth game going because you do have more room there. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But it's it's kind of disappointing you got this close and the game is playable now. It just doesn't have all the elements the original Akalabeth has. Hey, Bill Pierce has joined us again. Hey, Bill, how are you? And Ben Drake's uh, VR dude is here. Hey, Ben. Hey, Bill. And Curtis, how, what, what's uh, memory capacity MC10 is he using? Is it just 16K or 4K? or? No, he's using the MCX128, which is actually giving him like a 32K. Right. Basically. Because wow. both the Coco and the, uh, the MC10 with the MCX basic, which adds the high-res drawing commands and stuff that he's using in the game there, uh, basically gives you a 32K on both. But he's running out of room at that point because the original Apple, I think, gave you like 40k or something like that free, if I remember. Mm -hmm. Or is it 48? Something like that. 
So hopefully we can get it to work. If not, it'll become a Basic 9 OS 9 project because then Basic 9, you can actually write a program that is 40 or 48K, so. Okay. Well, good luck with that, Jim. We hopefully we we want to see this thing see the light of day. It looks cool. Looks somewhat Daggerath-ish, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 1979 is when it came out. It was what started the whole Ultima series, so. Okay. If you've played Ultima. Next up, uh, Roger Taylor is sending out feelers on the Facebook group about a computer on a channel for the Roku, which will actually basically let you run a Coco 3 emulator through your Roku TV box. Yeah, that should be interesting. So I don't know if he, I don't think he's got any updates like demos or anything like that on how it's going to work, but I, I don't have a Roku, so I can't really speak how the interface would work. I, Steve, I believe you have one, don't you? No, I do not. Hold on one sec. Oh. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't have one, but it is kind of like a smart TV box, and it does run apps. So I would assume you know it I'm is. I'm just possible. wondering, like, how would you emulate a keyboard or something like that? Or well, Rondeville, if you, you if one, you right? read if you read yeah. through the threads, I think he mentioned it would have to be like an on-screen keyboard. But I believe somebody had also mentioned that depending on the type of Roku you have, you might be able to plug in a USB device. Some of the Rokus are sticks, and some of them are boxes. Um, and so, depending on which version of Roku you have, I would imagine that's going to dictate your input choices but i think roger had mentioned in the thread a possible on-screen keyboard and the roku uses some sort of uh, linux variant as its base operating system right honestly i don't know i don't have a you, you can control the roku with a smartphone as well so it'd be cool if you could do a, a virtual keyboard on your smartphone. yeah that might be it there yeah there is a virtual uh, remote app for your roku that you can run as an app um Okay. So the thread mentioned that there was uh, there's an Apple emulator uh, already for the Roku. Like this, somebody's already done this for another vintage PC. Are you telling us that that that, that there is one? Or are you asking us? Are you aware I'm of one? Asking, our... I'm asking. I thought I, I thought I'd read someplace. Oh, okay. That... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But Curtis, know it, we're we're looking at Curtis's screen. So I'm sitting here trying to use my mouse to scroll up, and I can't. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yes, master. Let's see what Roger said to Eric. That's really what I want to see. One of the first the programs. Scanning... Oh. One of the first the risk programs. Scanning... <laughs> Ten. You go, Ron. <laughs> Ten. Print. High. Go to <laughs> 10. <laughs> Software. Go ahead. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see what, what other further details he has in this and how the interface will work. Maybe you need certain versions of the Roku in order to do this. Um, do Roku's allow you to like hook up joysticks and game controllers too? Or Again, I don't have one. I'm not sure. Bob, I'm asking more Ron because I know he oh, has one. Okay. But... <clears throat> well, you could do stuff with your, like, he, like uh, Nick said, on your uh, phone. I think it's got a U. I have one. I think it's got a USB connector on the back, but I've... I've never done anything with mine except, you know, watch Netflix like everybody else. Okay, James Jones is saying that um, that he, it, he believes it has a keyboard. I'm not sure if he's referring to a physical keyboard or an on-screen keyboard, but there there definitely should be an on-screen keyboard you would use to enter in hot, like, passwords when you need to sign into, like, right. your Netflix account and things like that. It so does. Uh, I do have a Roku and would be happy to try out whatever Roger comes up with is what James Jones is saying. Uh, Dave's hobbies. Go ahead, go ahead, Dave O'Connor. Yeah, I was going to say, at the risk of sounding completely not with it, what is a Roku? (laughs) I've never heard of a Roku. (laughs) It's a set-top TV box that you can use to stream stuff off the net. So it's like an Apple TV or what's the Android one called? Um, 
Fire Stick or Fire? Um, yeah, that's yeah, the Amazon it's, one. It's yeah. a it's a smart TV box. So for okay, okay, anybody who has a yep. a dumb TV that doesn't have apps built in, you can plug this in and make it a smart TV. It gives you Netflix yeah, right, right. and a bunch of channels. Um, and stuff. The one thing that Roku, yep. the one thing that makes Roku somewhat unique over a lot of these, because everybody makes a box that you can run apps on, right? So there's a Chromecast, there's Fire Sticks, there's all remember. kinds of stuff like that, right? But Roku actually has its own kind of network of, of original streaming content. And so there are people who are programming uh, shows for Roku that you can watch that are ex- exclusive to being a Roku subscriber. And Roger Taylor has had on there for a while the Coco TV channel where he's got certain content that you can watch. For those who have a Roku, you can subscribe to that channel and watch certain content. Uh, for a period of time, we were actually simulcasting live to the to the uh, Coco channel through Roku for a while. It just became a little bit of a logistical um, uh, thing to do. Um but it is neat. So he's got things on there. So if anybody does have a Roku, you, you know, go to channels and look, do a search and search for the Coco TV channel. You can subscribe to that. I believe there are episodes of the Coco Crew podcast available for replay. The kind of the YouTube versions they made where you can kind of see the transcript and see the little audio wave file. Yeah, and it does have a there. YouTube uh, app, too. So, I mean, you could even watch Coco Talk on there through that. that. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, cool. So yeah, the, re- the reason I was asking, like, I know hmm. the Apple TV, they're really pushing the whole new game system, and now it works with micro, you know, Microsoft Xbox controllers and PlayStation 4 controllers and all kinds of stuff. Uh, so you can actually do all this stuff uh, there. But of course, Apple's strict on copyright, so getting a Coco ROM-based thing on there right. is probably possible. So I'm just wondering if the Roku had the same capability. Well, I guess we're going to have to. Can you post a link to that thread in the YouTube chat so people can follow it? If you're not following it, it's in the it's in the TRC Coco Facebook group for those of you who are a member there. Um, so again, I'm, I'm going to be speculating out loud here. I don't want to speak on behalf of Roger. I'm not a developer, but I know, I know enough to be dangerous. I know Roku, there are many things called Roku and there's many generations of Roku. And so I'm, I'm assuming the hardware platform, not all Roku devices are going to be technologically equal to each other. So your mileage may vary on what your particular Roku device is capable of doing. Uh, like the, like I've got a I just bought a couple Fire Stick 4Ks, so I know my things can run higher resolution than other ones, and so you know older generation yeah. Roku's might not run this emulator um, well. Uh, it's hard to say, and it's hard to say where where is the emulator going to run? Is it going to run on the CPU of the Roku device? Is it going to be streaming from somewhere else? I don't know. So we would we'll really need to kind of follow Roger's thread on that. But it's an interesting idea, right? An emulator. I mean, there's MC10 emulators and Java emulators of the Coco uh, that you can run in a browser. So it's not a far stretch to think that you couldn't run a Coco on a one of these smart devices because they're all kind of like ARM processor, Linux kernel type things, right? So yeah, and we um, do have web-based uh, Coco emulators already. So I mean, you might just have to hit that web page and away you go type thing. So yeah, no, it's it's a neat idea. And the idea would be interesting to see what you can do with it, but just another way to experience a Coco, you know. And for those not aware, Roger is also responsible for two different hardware emulated projects here. What what became known as the Matchbox Coco it used to be called Coco on a Chip or Coco on a Stick. I don't remember. Coco on uh, a Chip. Coco on a Chip. That that name became Matchbox Coco, and now he's working on a project called Mr. Coco. Um, so Roger has been working on some FPGA. Um, hardware emulated cocoa alternatives that are compatible with old stuff and offer new features so if anybody knows a thing or two about emulating a cocoa definitely roger taylor 
is uh, one of those guys, you know? Yeah, he knows the Coco itself quite well because he's been doing software for the Coco for like 30 years. He did the projector and he did a bunch of PD games that he released back in the day. And, and he's released a few of the development environments, the Phoenix yep. IDE and... Um, he, just, he knows his stuff. Yeah. He just released Netmates. Netmate, which is the uh, terminal emulator, right? Right. Yeah, yep. the ANSI An- one. ANSI. Yeah. Yeah. The one that actually rivals uh, Sockmaster's Twilight Term actually beats Ooh. it in some ways. Ooh, them's fighting words. Yeah, that's throwing down uh, the gauntlet there. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, yeah, that's neat. It'd be interesting to see where this goes and what we can do with it. Another way to enjoy the cocoa. Yep. Oh, yeah, and then, uh, unfortunately, Amigos Retro Gaming, which is Aaron and um, Boat is the other guy's nickname. Um, they've been releasing their first cocoa related stuff. He was actually in the chat earlier, but he had to go. So, unfortunately, he's going to miss us promoting his stuff. But uh, they got kind of busy with Cocoa stuff here. So the first one up, we did a live stream of some classic computer gaming last week. Um, now, they normally have these club meetings done once a month, and it's a classic computer club. But a lot of their members, there was one guy in the hospital, and some other ones were visiting him in the hospital because he was having major surgery. So they just had a few of them there at this particular meeting. So they decided not to have a standard meeting, which apparently is like you open up hardware and take a look around and explain different computers and stuff. They actually decided to have a gaming one. So they started with the Atari uh, 600XL, and then they went on to the Coco, and a couple of us were in the chat. Uh, Paul Fiscarelli, myself, Rick Adams popped by for a bit. I think Nick Morantes was watching. And we just started you know, throwing suggestions. Now, they only had a 128K Coco 3, so they were limited basically to Coco 1 and 2 games and the, the smaller Coco 3 games, but they, they had a lot of fun, and they were kind of uh, amazed at some of the uh, capabilities of the Coco 3 because they hadn't really seen too much of that before. Um, I won't play too much of it here, but I'll just kind of fast forward like here, they're playing Xenix with the wrong color set. I'd explain them how the composite versus RGB worked. Okay. That type of thing. So, but they went through, they added quite a few suggestions. They're actually pretty good game players. I mean, some of these games are just playing raw for the first time. They actually got pretty far. So, um, does a whole bunch anyway. It's several, actually, literally, the Coco segment, I think, was almost two hours. Wow. Rifling through Coco oh. games. So, no, that's one we missed last night Crystal Castles. That might be good with the trackball. Yeah. Well, we want to do that trackball special. So, yeah. yeah. Donkey King, dodge him in machine. Oh, see, I was thinking about that one too with Bagman. Yeah, yeah. Looks like they've got the a SDC. Coco SDC. Hmm. There's one you did play. Oh yeah. Last night. mine was mine was kind of glitched out. The sprites were. Yeah, theirs wasn't. So I, you must have a bad copy. So I'll have to yep. figure out what, yep. what happened there. Looks like they're in West Virginia. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, Hurricane. West Virginia, I believe, is the name of the town. No, there's Nick there's... Marionette's game, huh? Yep. Shot Another Trooper. Yeah. I'm going to have to see where Hurricane West Virginia is, how far that is. It's about seven and a half hours from Chicago, so I've, I've opened an invitation to them to come out to Cocoa Fest. It'll be kind of nice to have them around, too. So. Z89. There you go. I'm going to have to look and see what that is. I'm... I mean, I, I, I can look out my window and see West Virginia, So, but West Virginia is a large state. And you could tell by looking Ooh, what's that? at the picture that the guys were in West Virginia? Is that how you figured that out? No, but their logo is the sta- the shape of the state of West Virginia. Uh... Yeah. yeah, they're in Hurricane, West Virginia. Hurricane's the name of the town. So I thought maybe it was something about the drapes in the background. Yeah, yeah I was wondering that, too. <laughs> what game, game is this game right actually a dragon port, Stevie. But what is it? It looks interesting. I'm trying to remember the name of that one. Looks a little bit like uh, Cashman, a little bit, like very platformy. 
West Virginia just has a very unique shape. That's how I could see it. Unfortunately, it's such a long video, it's hard for me to pinpoint yeah. a certain timestamp. <laughs> it looks like yeah, we're going to have to try to find some more interesting Coco. I had I hadn't fun playing Coco games last night. So, Pocket Robin Hood. Okay, Robin Hood. We'll have to look for that. Yeah, and Pocket Money is one of those uh, companies in, in England that did the... Okay, uh, like a cassette? Like a, well, they did the cheap games. It was kind of like the Novasoft of the Dragon uh, Okay. That's why it's called pocket money because basically it was like five pounds a game or something like that rather okay. than the normal price. So, all right, cool, cool. Yep, that's well, of them anyway. Yeah, no, it's good to see. Matter of fact, uh, just knowing that these guys are doing this now kind of inspired me to do some stuff last night. I figured, man, it's been so long since I've done a Coco gaming video, I don't want to be forgotten. <laughs> yeah, and the interesting is too that the two hosts of the show, I mean, one of them grew up with the Coco. That was his first major computer, so he knew a lot of these games and had them back in the day too. So he's quite familiar with the Coco yeah. 1 and 2 stuff. And the other person has never touched a Coco in his life, so, except I think he did see them in school. So you're getting the two perspectives of somebody that's, you know, has a history with it and then a fondness for it, and then somebody who has, you know, basically no contact with it at all. So you're getting an honest opinion from both sides, which is kind of an interesting perspective. Yeah. Cool. Cool stuff. Good job, guys. We're glad to have you uh, adding lots of more content for the community. We need more cocoa. Got to have yeah, more cowbells. They did a burst Absolutely. this week. <laughs> so this this is the first official episode of their cocoa podcast. This is the video version of it on YouTube. So they reviewed Poltergeist and then uh, Sailor Man. Okay. So I, I won't play any of that, but uh, you guys can go see it on YouTube. They also have the audio version of the podcast, which can be found here. Um I'll have to subscribe for, to that because I for spend me more time on the road. Yeah, for me personally, it, it doesn't make much sense doing a game review site with just audio because games are visual for the most part. So I would mm. prefer to watch it on video. But yeah, if you're in the, on the road and you just want to kind of hear them talking about it, then it's definitely a way to get it. Yeah. I really like that graphic design, the Coco Show thing with the color computer thing and the, the TRS-80 Red, green, blue. It looks yeah, really, it looks yeah. Really, you know, really and, well done. And they accept they accept uh, Patreon contributions. And they have different levels too, where you get you get like magnets with which are Coca related magnets and stuff that you get. But they also have Patreons. Like if you pay a certain amount per month, then you become part of the board that picks the games they're going to do in the next episode. Which I thought was a kind of a cool way to get the community involved while getting them to you know fess up some money. So mm -hmm. maybe we'll. Evie, do, do you some. have magnets? Uh, I do not have magnets. Mm hmm. 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 We'll include um, them with the floppy disks. We well, since there's so. art, yeah. since <laughs> there's yeah, with the floppy, uh, with the with the cassette copy of Coco Talk, you get a magnet. So uh, they're good <laughs> yeah. for sticking your, your floppies up to your whiteboard. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're also good for putting on your cassettes too, just so you can mark the cassette. It's a Coco cassette. <laughs> and how much yeah. money would it take for Stevie to get to level two? <laughs> there you Stevie go. was kicking butt last night on the old games. I don't know. Yeah, actually, Stevie, I have to say, I was impressed. Some of your gameplay yesterday was pretty darn good. You made it through multiple levels of Cashman and Shock Trooper. You were into the second set of levels on your first try. You Must have been that high-quality John Strong joystick I was using. Maybe. I've always been just faulting you just for being just bad, bad, bad game player here, but I think mm. you proved it was just a stick all the along. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And then Aaron, uh, the guy that has had the Coco back in the past uh, when he was growing up, uh, he actually just did a kind of a live stream of him playing Sailor Man, and he was quite good at it. You could tell he played it a lot in the day because he 
rifle through all three screens first try. And then he starts showing like the invisible screens and some more advanced levels where Brutus will come and hit you from below you or above you. And he starts throwing bottles at you like the sea hags do and stuff. But it was pretty interesting. <laughs> He's actually quite, quite good at it. And uh, That's right there where you have it frozen. I have never seen that where it looks like Popeye is standing up with his hand in the air in front of Brutus. It's like, hey, look at me. Look at me. Look at that freeze frame right there. Yeah, I, I think that's when probably, you fall into the water or something. Probably climbing out. Yeah, I think he's falling out of, falling into the water. But it's kind of cool that it was frozen right there. Yeah. And then he kind of goes through the whole option screen, which he was, he's quite keen on. The one nice thing about it, and I kind of forgot about this, but it, it's kind of like um, great for players of different levels of difficulty because you mm -hmm. can actually change the screen start and the level of play difficulty for each player individually from each other. So you can have a person that's never played before gets level one and somebody who's like an expert can play level eight right off the start, even if you're playing head to head. All right. And there's a Stevie setting. <laughs> One thing they brought up, which I remember from back the back in the day as well, was how how um, gutsy the ad was. It was like in no way trying to hide it. It was a clone <laughs> yes. by saying, you know, the can of collard greens with S. Yes, on it yes. For collard greens. <laughs> Big fat guy eating a sandwich and. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Old ugly, old ugly, wrinkly sea woman or something. Like yeah. That. <laughs> What's the name of Olive Oil? What was her name? Elsie. 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 Okay. Yeah. All right. Like here, Steve. Have you seen these little circle faces that come out? Of no. Movie? It looks like Evil Auto. No. And uh, I'd never seen him do it. Huh. Again, I'd never played on the higher levels. And sure enough, what? Uh, he will chuck empties, as the ad says. I should mention that the ad for this is one of the all-time great ads. What is that? I've never uh, seen him bouncing. I, uh, apparently, the real Franklin the real Popeye in arcade has out. these too. It's funny. I couldn't find just a picture. I had to go look through magazines to find it. I've never seen that. I, I guess I mean because it's sort of notorious in a way. I've heard other people. It's only level five. <laughs> you uh, start out on very, level four normally. Uh, the people that in ads. That's sad. I had to dig it up to put it on our on our uh, yeah, that's cool. channel's Discord. Play. Yeah. So we actually. So a couple actually, things there. If you uh, haven't played Sailor Man too much, there's a few things that you'll you'll find you probably haven't seen before because he actually went through. And well, manually set it to the later uh, levels just to show you some that, of this stuff. Uh, watch or listen to our other shows. We I had seen Brutus get you from below, but I've never seen him reach down from above. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, oh, I've seen that. When he does, uh... yeah, yeah, that I've seen. Oh, what are we looking at here? Ed Snyder. Ed Snyder has oh, had two posts on yeah. this. This is his new Coco 2 mini board with a combo two, may, or two slot multi-pack built into a cube shape. The Coco and he was kind Cube. Of, sending out some uh, designs of what he was planning on doing. So I'll zoom a couple of those as we go through here. He's getting lots of feedback. <laughs> what do you yeah, know about that? that? I'm, not, I'm not surprised. <laughs> so here's his original you know, sketch he did at the beginning of the week, and he's showing you know, here's your two slots that are going to be coming out and how the thing fits together. And it looks pretty cool. He's kind of going through and figuring out what buttons and ports and where to put them for the joysticks. Now, what is that, a speaker? Got a subwoofer in it, <laughs> and then his keyboard, you know, in an external case. Oh wow! Look at this. This has actually been rendered, and it looks cool, like Coco Cube. Look, Jason, he's yeah, using the like key an, to turn it like on Mac too, Mini. just like yours. He's got a key. Yeah, look at yeah. that. <laughs> like nice. a Mac Mini almost. As long as it's got a red key, I'm okay. Yeah, <laughs> gotta have a red key with the stop on there. A very actually, it reminds Mac me of the old G4 <laughs> Cube too. Remember that one yeah. that we used to call the. The tissue box because it had that slot in the top for the CD ROM. <laughs> well, that could be like a toaster. Something it's got two slots in the back. 
something like that would be you know to to redo just take the electronics from inside it would be something that'd be ideal for my uh, model four coco project yeah and here you can see like here's the composite outs and the joystick ports and looks awesome yeah he's definitely yeah. done some engineering yeah. to it and then and later then, on, he did this update where all of a sudden he's actually got the prototype fully made and he's got, you know, the two slots filled with some sample cartridges kind of showing how the whole thing's going to do. So he's already prototyping within a week. Of so the that little design. that little DIN pin in the corner, I'm assuming that's what the VGA breakout comes out of right there. Well, which one? Uh, There's in the bottom left hand corner, it looks like a little mini DIN. Where, like, ha like how do you connect? How do you connect VGA to this? That's on the it's, other side, I think, isn't it? It's got Coco SD. Uh, it's Coco VGA building. No, that looks more like a power connector in the lower left. Hand oh, okay. I'm just yeah, trying to figure out where's the, where's the yeah, VGA yeah, connector. Like barrel connector. VGAs, I think. Uh, oh, in the front. Right front. There you go, right there. Well, that looks there like, that looks yeah, wider yeah. though. That looks. That's, that's keyboard, I think. That's a wider connector. I'm yeah. not seeing where the video outputs at, but it doesn't matter right now. That's cool though. Um, that's wider than a VGA, but maybe it breaks out into something. Um, Let's say it's probably keyboard. Yeah. Looks like a VGA in this picture. <laughs> uh, Bruce Moore says this is the Coco Borg cube, right? So resistance is futile. Uh, it's neat. It's, yeah, so maybe that's it's power. It's a little compact one, especially considering it's combining a two-slot multi-pack along with... Yeah, and so those are the two joystick DIN pins right there, I'm assuming. Yeah, composite video and audio out. Uh... Yeah, so we just got to figure out where's the, uh, awesome. where's, where's the uh, VGA or S-video so coming from. Isn't this his Coco, isn't this his Coco uh, 1 and 2 clone, which is only composite yeah. video? Yeah, I think yeah, this one is. Yeah. VGA was going to be an add-on card, I thought he yeah, said. Yeah, he was going to do a satellite oh, board. Oh, he might have too. Yeah. yeah, so, so this, uh, this wouldn't have VGA as is. Oh, okay, so that's not a standard, no, standard output? No. But you could add, like, Coco VGA to it or something? Yeah, I'll probably yeah. add that later. Yeah, but yeah, he was going to have a satellite board you plugged in with a whole bunch of extra yeah. functionality. Okay, cool. Yeah. No, it's neat mm, though. Mm, mm, mm. I, I think the question in everyone's mind is: Does it include a real-time clock? Well, exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, what, it's not worth the wait. Don't don't bother making a Coco if I had an RTC. Come on. <laughs> and I want sixteen slots. <laughs> <laughs> 16 well, yeah, you want to have you want to have all your things plugged in at once, like. Orchestra yeah. 90, speech sound Nick, talk. Nick, you're starting to sound like uh, David Ladd. You should go seek treatment. <laughs> I think he, I think he, didn't he, was it this one he had the APL3 chip built in or was that the Coco no. 3 one? Coco 3. Coco 3 one. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. it looks really cool. Yeah, it looks awesome. Hmm. Okay, next up. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I can't remember the guy's real name because we've talked to him about it a few weeks before. He's been doing some Cocoa videos on YouTube. He's called himself Share Squid. And um, I did have his real name from the past. Share Squid is John Day, who's also working on yeah. Return to Rom. Yeah. Thank you for uh, remembering that because my memory failed me. Mm -hmm. But he, he did two little downland related ones. He did one, uh, Tips and Tricks, and he plays through, I think, about to level Chamber 6 or something like that and gives you some tips. Uh, for playing the game, the fact that you can actually jump onto a wall and hang there if there's a little bit of a jagged edge and, you know, some of the timings you have to do, safe spots when you have the boulders coming out, things like that. I won't go play through the whole thing, but uh, it's been fun a little. Yeah, I remember doing a live stream of this one time, and I actually got further than I'd ever gotten in my entire life. <laughs> um, I'll get to that in a second. 
Did you wind up rage quitting on that video? Uh, I know I swore a lot. Um, this is this game has got to be second only to Popstar Pilot as the hardest game that's ever been made for the Coco. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so the boulder, you no, this is way harder than Popstar. Popstar is a snap. Oh, oh man, not for me. We... Thank you. So, let me. Right, Nick. <laughs> Popstar is like. What about what about uh, what about uh, Nick Morenti's Pac-Man or Gate Crasher? No, those things are shite. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is, I was going to make a joke about Stevie's gameplay on his next video he did for Download here, but actually, actually watching Stevie play last night, I have to retract some of that because Stevie's vastly improved lately with his new joystick. So. Well, speaking of Downland and joysticks, just so you know, I will be receiving, hopefully by next week's show, the new joystick that Sheldon McDonald has been working on that he specifically wants me to test with Downland. So it's the one that looks like uh, looks like a Sega Genesis-style kind of uh, controller, but it's got the little thumbstick on the left and the two buttons on the right, so it looks more like a 90s-style controller. So he's sending me one of those, and he's like very specifically, he's like, you got to do Downland. I want to see you do those corner moves with this controller. I think that's what he designed it for, you know. Okay, Was, cool. We'll have to yeah. take a look at that. This one's so. called Down Downland: Dumb Ways to Die. As <laughs> the same guy as the Share Squid too. Same guy. Same guy. Dumb yeah. ways to die. That's anyway in this game. They all suck. So like like getting by acid drops, getting hit by the boulders, oh, getting hit that's by the bat, funny. and yeah. So a little, little bit of humor on that particular one here, because the first one he was going to try to play through the entire game, because apparently he's good enough. He can do that in one shot usually. Mm. Wow. And he, he was time limited because his phone only has a certain amount of memory capacity for video. He said he has to get it done in like six minutes before he runs out of room. So. He's going to try it again later on from what he said in the first video. But anyway, that was a nice little humorous bit there on, on, on ways to die in Downland, which yeah, I'm sure we're all experts die. on. Yeah. There are plenty of smart ways to die, but let's go over some of the dumb ones. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, this one here, Brian Weasler, our very own, um, has pictures and now a demo video up of the Dazzle video capture device, which is not one I'd heard of before. Are you guys familiar with that particular one? Negative, but Pinnacle. I know, I know the name Pinnacle, so yeah. Okay, there's a picture of it. Yeah, it's kind of an odd-shaped device here, but apparently yeah. it's the, uh, the composite capture off of Coco quite well, which Coco's notorious for having a rather crappy composite mm -hmm. signal. Yeah. So here's him uh, capturing uh, Demon Attack. Yeah, no, it looks good. That yeah, looks pretty clean. With a slightly corrupted version of uh, Demon Attack. Yeah, I don't see the author's name in there. The thing I noticed there is you're seeing some of the interleaving, too which tells you that it's doing this at a highly quick pace. Because what, what happens now is that with modern technology, we're seeing things that the old analog stuff was, wasn't capable of showing us. Um, and so I can, you see how you can see when it flashes screens, how you can see the even and odd lines there. That's the interleaving that goes on with CRTs. It's, uh, you know, it's an interleave thing where it yep. comes in in two passes. Um, yeah, yep, yep. So yeah, that's just showing you how quickly this is gathering all that data. Um, that's good. Now, one thing he, I don't think he did mention in here. What, what is the price of one of these? Because this mm. is actually one that's intriguing. I'm not sure. Did he, did he post the link in the original thread? Because we could look it up. Did, didn't he say he got it on eBay? Does it do HD as well, or is it? Uh, no, it looks like this is probably fairly analog SD type stuff. Mm, okay. He says, "I believe this version to be the older version, plus the USB port." You got it on eBay, yeah. Yeah. They're looking for one. They're easily available on eBay. At least okay. Well, hopefully somebody will come across the link. Yeah, I know Brian had been throwing out a bunch of questions to me in Discord about what I what I've used and things to look for in uh, doing captures. So I know he wants to start getting into this, 
And Brian's also, I think, going to be setting up OBS to be a, a backup streamer for us, too. So it'd be good to see him getting this stuff going. Um, <laughs> Bruce Moore saying, my 12-year-old son thinks pop star is pretty easy. <laughs> good for it you, is. Jacob. It is. Good for you. It is for yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think we're going to have to do a special sometime of how to how to beat Popstar. Mm-hmm. Looks like between uh, twelve Which and twenty neck? bucks on eBay. Okay. For that for that uh, capture thing, so really yeah. cheap. Yeah. How cheap. much was that? I missed that. Sorry. Uh, twelve fifty nine to nineteen ninety five. Okay. Like twenty bucks. Oh, wow. yeah. Twenty bucks. It's not bad. That's those are used. Yeah. Well. Used prices. I might yeah, have to. Yeah, this is cheap. Hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. you know, pretty cheap. Okay, this this last block of the news because it wasn't a ton happening this week. Um, that person that I've mentioned before, Pets S A S J L M One or Jim One, I should say, on YouTube, has been doing a ton of gameplay videos from every platform. But he's, he's been doing quite a few Dragon ones, going alphabetically through, as I mentioned Ooh, before. So, okay. So he's hitting the B's and C's this last week here. So I I didn't do them all because there's some you know fairly substandard basic games and stuff too. But there's and there's just a ton of them. I'd be doing this whole darn episode if we did that. But I picked a couple that you know I hadn't seen before in the Dragon, or ones that I hadn't seen so long I'd forgotten about them, and to give the Dragon some love, and also the fact that we were talking about doing a possible you know Dragon games on a Coco because most of us haven't seen them, on mm-hmm. being familiar with the Dragon market in the UK. So there's a ton of games we've never seen before. So I've got a whole bunch of them queued up here just to give you a, a bit of a start. You guys, let me know if the audio is too loud. Okay. This one's called Cave Fighter. And he's emulating it, obviously. No, oh, that's It's a good. scramble type game with some extra bits. It's a little flashy. That's one problem with it, but that's a collision detection test. Yeah, it crashes pretty well. Okay, it's not horrible. The actual the uh, the the fuel tanker things look very similar to the ones in Whirlybird. You got these little berries you got to shoot your way through. Yeah, interesting. A little bit of extra gameplay. It's kind of like the game we were playing. What was one of the games we were playing where you had to like blow up the maze last night, right? Blow up parts of the maze. Yeah, which is essentially what you're doing here with those bars. Yeah, some destructible environments. Yeah. I mean, the speed is good. It's just unfortunate that it's uh, it looks a little choppy and flashy. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think he's scrolling the screen, and he, basically before he scrolls the train, he shuts all the your player shape off, so it doesn't scroll it too, and then draws the new scene, and then redraws you back on. Mm, so. Okay. Cool. Cool. That one is called what again? That one was called Cave Fighter. Okay. From 1983. This one called Caverns of Doom from 1982. Caverns of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> No, text adventure. Yeah, I didn't put, there was quite a few text adventures. I put this one in particular because it's not just a normal text adventure. It actually has some RPG elements like hit points. And Your lamp is worth five gold points, huh? Life is worth five gold points, huh? Yeah. Or... Interesting. A living zombie, which is kind of a contradiction in terms, isn't it? A living zombie, <laughs> huh? Kind of like jumbo shrimp. but here you can see it actually has some of the the rpg dungeons and dragons style for hit points and armor zombie i don't understand i don't understand (laughs) kick (laughs) 
Kill the son of a bitch already. <laughs> and the status bar changes color depending whether you're in you know, a fight or not. So. Okay, everything is dark. What do you want to do? Light match. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, the one flame. thing I will say about the guy that's doing these videos here, he's obviously never played in these games before. So he's literally, when he fires up, he's trying to figure it out as he goes along. Flip light switch. Why is this not working? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was surprised he's not speaking into his mouse going, computer. Right. Clap hands. Does, does this room have the clapper? <laughs> Alexa, lights on. <laughs> Why do my lights keep flickering? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At any rate, it's, it was another interesting take because it was a type of a game mixture for a text adventure Actually, game. Absolutely, which yeah. I hadn't seen before, so that was kind of neat. Cool. Uh, next up is Capture the Flag. Wow. This is one eye. of the ones that has a nice splash screen on it when you're loading it. Ouch. Must be British. It's illegal to hire it. Too loud? No, it's just the, the colors are hurting my eyes. <laughs> Sensitive 90s guy. Must be British because it's illegal to hire it. H-I-R-E, which is a British term. Bunch of options again. Is this in basic? Yes, this is. Okay. Now, these capture the flag with the hexagonal shaped things. I mean, there was Avalon Hill used to make board games like this, too. So, I don't know if it's So, is this kind of like a minesweeper, sort of? Uh, not really. You actually have to move your pieces around and stuff. Oh, okay. Capture the flag. You can have the optional, the flag can move, or it's just in a static position, or... I didn't. I didn't. I haven't. I've never played this, so I don't know how. And what is C? Is that the guy who's trying to come and capture it? I think so. I think that's the when he's moving. Oh, A, B, and C. Those are your pieces, maybe your three different pieces to. Might be. I'm yeah. not understanding why. Okay, that's I can. Yeah, you'd have to read the manual and figure out exactly what's going on. Oh, well, forget it. That's never going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) It's got words and everything. (laughs) That's why we went into computers. We wouldn't have to read. That's right. (laughs) This next one, it was a later one, actually. And and the author, I believe, um, was the guy that did the original Dragon Emulator. So this came out in 1990. Oh, no, this is a different one. Uh, Duncan Bryan did this one. Uh, called Buzz and Birdie. Now, the guy that was playing it here couldn't quite figure out what to do. So we're, we only see the first screen. And honestly, I don't know what he should have done differently either. But just to give you a little demo of it. It kind of reminds me of those AGD games we were seeing. Does he scream and curse like I would? Yeah, it's like one of Stevie's reviews. He doesn't record <laughs> any of his uh, speech during this. He just records the game. So. Now, who are you? You're that uh, waspy thing up in the upper left corner. Okay, Buzz and Bernie. A lot of these things remind me of a lot of those AGD games. Okay. Yeah, this one does. Yeah. So, so okay, so he's able to move. Now he's falling, I guess, kind of like gravity. Um, oh, I'm assuming lying. you need to get a key. Well, that's what we thought, too, but it looks like he gets stuck there and can't okay. get it. So I don't know what, what, what you're supposed to be doing. But I won't go through the rest of the video because he was trying to figure it out, and he couldn't figure it out either. So that maybe okay. we'll have to try and right. find a manual. For yeah, it. interesting. Okay. Bust Out. Bust Out. This is a game that, of course, we've seen bazillion versions of, but this is the first one I've seen using one of the higher-res semi-graphics modes. Ooh, that sounds intriguing. 
Dragonfire Services, copyright 1988. Yeah, so it's a later version of it, too. Mm -hmm. So so what does the ball look like if it's semi-graphics? Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see, huh? Yeah, some options you can pick from, too. Size of bricks. Hmm. Music? Ooh. Do you want a fast bat? Is the bat your paddle? Yep. Must be. Okay. What, are you he playing a game of cricket here. right now? Yeah. We're thinking. Dun, dun, dun. Wow. We, how long are we going to spend on the actual startup screen here? Okay. Okay. Not a bad ball. You can hear all the DAC noise, which you get a lot of this on emulators. Things that are using the joystick, yeah. you can hear that yeah, kind of back noise. One sound in particular that most of them do pretty bad. But you can also even the scores using the semi-graphics. Yeah, but that's in actually graphics, So this would work on a Coco 3 yeah. with the Polk. This is actually pretty good. I mean, this is a perfect use of an SG type thing for, you know, what the hell do you need for uh, Pong or Breakout, you know? Oh, background music. Yep. I'd like to try this on real hardware because that buzzing sound. I'm yeah, sure that that DAC on. noise is killing me. Yeah, that's uh, uh, yeah. It, it's weird to me that the bricks are so big. Well, that that was a that was an adjustment. That's an optional. That's an option. Uh, yeah. He chose the largest size. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the, yeah. here's Listen, the Duplo bricks. It's not the size of the brick. It's what you it's build the with Lego. them. Oh, that's uh, true. That's true. <laughs> and there goes the show. <laughs> actually i'm intrigued i want to try this one i want to try this game we're going to try this one tonight curtis on our second marathon and then you get a little uh, victory yeah, music yeah some music that's yeah good yeah it's quite a yeah. for a bust out game it's, absolutely you you probably could have saved a lot of space if they just did simple uh numbers too like kind of like what you have in your led watches and stuff you could have yeah, done a yeah. simpler number and made them made them shorter and had more room Seven. for play play space, but that's that's a nice font thing they came up with there. That's cool. Yeah, and I yeah, like the customizability cool. of the game too. There's a lot of options. Yeah, a lot of options. So. Speed and ball and um, yeah. brick size. Ah, size. we have Matchy. Matchy gives it his approval. Matchy says this is a nice semi graphics game. Yeah, and he's done yeah. some semi graphics yeah. games, so he would know. Okay, next up is Bug Diver. Bug Diver. Now this In one reminds me of. Um, Shark Treasure. I think it, the basic gameplay is similar. Okay. Remember the old computerware game? Mm-hmm. Use arrow keys to move bug. Use a mere beetle. As a mere beetle, you've got to be fast and outswim the merciless bug-eating fish whilst stealing... No, you're too oh, slow. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to get to the bottom. So this is very much like that shark diver game. But there is a yeah. spit ton of fish there, huh? Yeah. Wow. It's kind of a bit like... A bit like a frogger, but in an ocean yeah. version. Yeah. Yeah. I like the fact, too, when you get eaten, the fish will turn to look at you and, like, yeah. hear. <laughs> and talk you. <laughs> yeah, this is wow, cool. That was, uh, yeah, psych. You know. Quite a feeding frenzy there. And what the hell are you supposed to do with that treasure? Did he get it? Look like oh, I think he's supposed to be getting those things to the side. Yeah, I think he's supposed to be getting his. Oh, so not the treasure. So just those things down there, huh? Maybe you got to, like, pick them up and put them in the box. Oh, maybe. I like That's it impossible. when they yeah, that's that yeah. was my. <laughs> that looks evil. pretty difficult. Freaking evil game. <laughs> well, Shark Treasure got that way too in the later yeah. levels too. Oh, Shark Treasure would be a good one to kind of palette hack, don't you think? Yeah. You can make the sharks gray or something. You know, that'd be kind of cool to yeah, play with Yeah, you keep palettes. the blue water type thing, but you can yeah. fix some of the rest of the graphics up. Yeah. Yeah. 
This looks good. Yeah, if only he. I want to see him get one of the bloody things now. It's like he, did, he didn't. Oh. Yeah. All right. So yeah, that's watching that screen just makes me want to see. I get one stupid thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. Next, next one up is Bubble Buster, which is kind of a clone of popcorn the dragon had. Oh, neat. This is from that pocket money, dirt cheap, you know, five pounds, which is like you know nine or ten bucks at the time. Ultra color. Yeah, at least it's got yeah. color right. Yeah. Boom. Okay. It's so like this a is. Uh, yeah. A more like a... an avalanche kaboom. Yeah. Yeah. Activision had a. It's like popcorn. It's basically yeah. popcorn in Pimo yeah. 3. Popcorn or Pimo Activision 3, had yeah. one called kaboom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Popcorn was, was inspired on the game Avalanche. From the arcade. Uh, yeah. From, from the, the arcade. 70s. And everything else kind of sprung from that. Um, neat. Neat. Yeah. I just don't know why so many people chose the green background. I would have used like you know a dark background color, but you know to each their own. I, th I think some people we can, were used we to green screen then, monitors back then. Mm. I think it's the real reason yeah. because people that's what your terminals were back then. If that's what you did at work or at school, that probably felt hated, the most normal. They hated the border. Now look at this. Maybe you got hated, your maybe they hated the border. And then uh, border around it. Here's the green your... screen monitor. Green screen monitors they were usually the other way around. It was usually black background with the green text in it. True. Okay, what is this? This is Brock's Kingdom from 1985 by Is that Homer Frick? Is that Homer Simpson? I don't know what the hell's <laughs> going on here. <laughs> well, you got to wander through these mazes, and, and you can get hit by creatures, and you have to navigate. I can't remember if you get damage when you hit the walls, and you have to find a gun, which you can see the icon for in the lower left there. Okay. That other amulet or whatever the heck it is. Okay. Act with so, excitement. Whoops. That's cool. Fast forward a little bit here to something more exciting happens. Then you oh, get some creatures. And you got to do a lot of timing. Yeah. What are those little? Uh, what are this the, guy tracks? What are the actual? Th what are uh, the things wolf? actually in the? Yeah. What are they actually? Are they. Oh, it looks what? like a. Uh, looks like head or a, something, a yeah. yeah, something with horns or antlers or something. Yeah. Okay. It or an upside like down space invader. Hit the walls. Hmm. Yeah, that kind of sucks that if you touched a wall, you'd take damage. That's evil. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't want to play that on a free-floating joystick. Uh, that's no. interesting. Well, like a lot of berserk, levels. Right? Yeah, that's true. You can't touch the wall in Berserk. So. That's and intriguing. Get the I like the one know. that uh, Bryza had us look at last night. What was it called? Wizard something or another? Or? Wizard's Den? Yeah, that was neat. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that one. I actually have it on my site. So I've obviously played it before, but I totally forgot about it. <laughs> We're getting trolled here, Voice and Tech. Uh, this show has sunk so low that the show will have to be transmitted from China. And then he follows that up with Coco Talk, the dumpster fire that goes beyond the fifth alarm. <laughs> Thank you. And somebody's got to keep that troll flame alive. Oh, you may, he missed the gun there. That was the gun to pick up, huh? Yep. You got to time it between the guy moving left and yeah, right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. just evil. Absolutely evil. He's hoping it's going to change if he goes up Ouch. Now you can shoot the sons of bitches, right? Da! Well, they get frozen once they hit you, but... Ah, but you can still take damage by touching them, huh? Yeah. But that particular one's on a fixed pattern. He won't come after you, but beyond that, ah. you just have to time it properly like you did Ah, there. okay. So, uh, yeah, that is interesting. Nice to see that Homer Simpson's, you know, got things to do. All right. 
Now, you may recognize Paul Bergen. This is the one I was thinking of where he's one of the authors of the original Dragon Emulators uh, pre-Xor. Um, this one's Boulder Crash, which is Boulder Dash. But this one actually has been revised so that the editor to make your own levels is built in. Hmm. And you played one of the Boulder, uh, the Dragon Boulder. Oh, yeah, Dash I didn't like it. Yesterday. This, is, this is a different one. I wasn't a fan of it. It's too confusing for me. This is the cassette load screen, actually. That, well, that's that interesting. Full blown graphic. Hmm. Like you can see, you got the level. You can change your timers. It's the best word I've been here. And it's uh, obviously uh, completely just monochromatic. Yeah. Actually, the one you played yesterday, I think, was designed that way too. Even though we were seeing the artifacts. Okay. So I just want to pause here. The screen editor, so there's your keys for doing it in the various different shapes that you can place. Um, but then the screen editor itself, like here's the entire maze at once, shrunk down so you can fit oh, the entire okay. thing. Okay. Because you only get to see a zoomed up portion. Right, of right, 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 right. And those are all your diamonds. So there's a whole bunch of diamonds you got to try to get. There, you just cleared one. You're going to do some editing. Then you can save your screen, load your screen, save all of your screens if you're multi editing multiple levels at once. I'm not sure what Verify does. It maybe checks if there's corrupt data or something, or maybe it's solvable or something. I'm not sure exactly what that does. Here's one of the other levels. All right, get to the Let's gameplay. See. Let's see what the actual playing of yeah, the game looks like. Heading over here. <laughs> it's interesting that you got a lot of time to be able to put into that, though. Okay. All right, now this and the diamonds looks... are actually animated. Yeah, now this looks good in monochromatic. Again, it kind of reminds me of early Mac classic games. Yeah, they're just purely Definitely black and white. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> cool stuff. Let's get more into the gameplay. I think he got. This was all done via cassette. There you go. Yeah, for some reason, disc drives didn't really take off in the Dragon as much as they did here. The scrolling is really smooth, and. Um... You know, it looks like it's scrolling one whole tile at a time. Why did he die from that? That's the part I couldn't understand. I had shit falling and I was just blowing up and I'm just minding my own business. And uh, Yeah, I don't know that I've fully ever comprehended this game, to be honest with you. Uh, it's a little too cerebral for me, I think. So. <laughs> <laughs> too cerebral? <laughs> yes. Falling, falling rocks and gravity. These are things that I just can't wrap my head around. So. Once you like master quantum physics or something. <laughs> Once you master chess, you start playing this. <laughs> oh. oh, boy. Okay, and the last one I have out of the batch you did this past week is Bonka, which is a Space Panic type game. Okay. I like Space Panic. Mmm. My wife's cooking is smelling really good. <laughs> I'm sensing an end of the show coming. Garlic is involved. <laughs> oh, that was a really oh, neat effect as that screen that was, was cool. crawling up. Yeah. It looked like they were rotating. Yeah, that's because of the way the semi-graphics works when you're in the high-res modes. You, can, is... you can't move the characters within a cell. They have to be where... That's... Yeah, that's actually a really cool effect. Yeah, it that is cool. a really cool yeah. effect. To kill yeah. blue meanies, your man must dig a hole, and when a meanie falls in, in, when a meanie falls in bonk him on the head. Points scored depend on distance of the meanie falls. Use arrow keys to move and spacebar to dig or bonk. Mm -hmm. Rem remove joystick, any other key. 
Oh, remove joysticks. Remove like they want you to complete. Remove maybe because uh, in certain ROMs the joystick interfered with the keyboard, like in the old Basic 1.0 and stuff. Yeah, it could be. I like that one game we were playing. It says unplug your printer now before you start. <laughs> you know. Yeah, because back in the old days, if you didn't mask off the printer part of the PIA when you're doing the sound because it's on the same PIA chip, same uh-huh. address, it, a lot of people like Ghost Gobbler, the original versus Ghost Gobbler by Spectral did that, where if your printer was plugged in and turned on, as soon as you like ate a ghost, your printer would just fire from print garbage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, what I don't remember is could you, take, could you eventually take falling damage if you fell too many levels? Or if you fell at all, would you take damage? I don't think so. But I can't remember. I've never played this particular one, too, so I don't know if this particular implementation would do that or not. Oh, that's true. Somebody's pointing out that the Patreon screen is not updating. It's stuck on Alan Huffman. Sorry about that. Thank you, Boyce on Tech. I don't know why. Um... All right. Anyway, you guys have seen Color Panic and all that stuff before, I'm sure, on the Cocoa side of things. So just the yeah. one of the Dragon unique versions of it, so... And that is all I have for news this week. Uh, very cool. Let me see if I can't fix. Um, if I can't fix something's going on with the script here. Thank you for pointing that out. Uh, and I will go ahead and um, if it doesn't, it's not. I don't know why it's not working. Thanks for letting me know, Richard. I didn't realize that this whole time. So we'll go ahead and we'll run. I'm going to go ahead and, and run the patrons page and thank all the patrons. Uh, directly, we'll take a commercial break and then we'll come back with whatever else is going to happen after this. <laughs> so let's go ahead and let's talk about our patron sponsors right now. Thank you, Curtis, for doing the news. You're much, welcome. Much thanked, much obliged. All right. So here we go. Here we go. All right. How about we say thank you to the patrons of our show? That would be Al Hartman and Al Huffman, Alan Huffman and Blair Leduc and Brendan Donaghy and Brian Joyce and Brian Weasler and DeBruce Moore and Davey Mitchell and Diego, who is still with us. Thank you, Diego and Disney Saints fan and Eric Canales, now president of the Glenside Color Computer Club and Fedor Stamen and Grant Leedy and Jason Downs and Jenna Farron and Ken Reichert and Kyle Etter and Malfunct and Polly Walnuts Fiscarelli, or as Grant calls him, Paul Fitzarelli, and Paul Shoemaker and Richard Lorbieski of BoysonTechnologies.com, BoysonTech.com, Rob Eanman, Steve Bjork, Terry Steen, uh, author of Balloon Fire, of Grey Lady. What was the other game we played? Mrs. Pack, and, and there was even a fourth. Um, Terry Steggy of TheTandyShack.com, The Backyard Check Gang, Tom C., and Tom S. Thank you all for your patronage. We'll be back after these words. Hey, have you got your Coco 3 yet? Hi, this is Rick Adams, author of Temple of Rom and Shanghai, and you've tuned into Coco Talk, the nation's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. What's going on, everybody? Original Gamer Stevie Stroh here. And if you're a fan of vintage computing and retro gaming, then you're going to love our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. There you will find custom designs by Instagram artist Joel M. Adams. You can get Ama Coconut, Coco Talk, and other cool video game images on a t-shirt, coffee mug, or mouse pack. So if you love retro, then head on over to the retro swag shop at 8bit256.com today. Tell them the Original Gamer Stevie Stroh sent you. 
Radio Shack TRS-80 put the world of color computing into your home. Instant loading program packs turn any color TV into an exciting game arcade. And there's more. The color computer is an educational aid, a home management tool, and up-to-the-minute electronic information service. The programmable, expandable TRS-80 color computer from $399 only at Radio Shack, the biggest name in little computers. Hi, I'm Bruce Moore, and this is... Jacob Moore, gotcha? And we are the Forest of Doom guys, and the Coco Forever guys, and we are at Coco Fest, and we love Stevie's Trove. Imagine a different world. A world where Tandy Corporation has the upper hand. Where the Coco surpassed all competitors. And all you have to do is travel back in time without making a single mistake. Coco forever. You definitely earned this office. Yes, you're too kind, and thank you. You want to grab some food before we head back and look at that alt-reality OS9 module? <laughs> it's only a 40 years past due, but yeah, sure. Computer shopping has never been better at Radio Shack. Here's proof. Our new ultra-high-performance 386SX 20MHz computer with 85MB hard drive, only $12.99. And it's from Tandy, manufacturer of the best-selling PC compatibles in America. Or get a 286-based Tandy home office computer with color monitor and hard drive, only $899.95. Shop your friendly nearby Radio Shack. Great selection, superior service. Nobody compares. We now return you to Cocoa Talk. And we're back. And thank you, Curtis, for the news. A lot of cool stuff. I like seeing dragon stuff. Uh, here's Ben Drake. Speaking of that, Ben Drake says, Thanks for showing some dragon games, Curtis. I ordered a dragon MMC board, so I'm looking forward to playing some games on my machine when that gets here. Uh, yeah, very cool. I'm, yeah, I'm, they, uh, they had a different software market than us, which is kind of cool because they actually had, you know, a different innovations of ideas and stuff beyond what we did in certain ways yeah so there's there's some uniqueness there to definitely tap into and try and since so I, I take it the msc is their uh version of the sdc or yes version of the sdc it's it's similar to the coco sdc but it it also deals with cassette images from what i understand because most of the stuff for the dragons were what we call cast files which is kind of like yes. a disc image but a cassette image um, but I imagine it, I, I, Didn't I, it allow save states too or something. Yeah. I, I, I know we talked about it when they talked about a new run was happening. I know enough to be dangerous when it comes to that. Um, I wouldn't mind getting one. I've got a dragon. I don't know if you guys know the answer to this question, but you know, since us in the U S we have the Tano dragon, which runs at, uh, uh, 60 Hertz NTSC were, were those games that were written for 50 Hertz timing. Is there going to be any issues with the games? Uh, I don't I, think so because I think the ROM boots it up in the right or the actual hardware on the channel version versus the, the UK version boots up to 50 or 60 hertz on its own properly. So maybe timing on some games might be a bit off. But 
I think it would depend on the game, but for the most part, no. It's hard to say because, I mean, I don't know how, how much they got into scanline tricks or scanline hacks or if they got into timing, IRQ-based timing based on the right. V-blank and stuff like that. So if yeah, the V-blank is that, off, then, would, then I yeah. would imagine the game would be wackadoodle. Right, you know? and, most, so. and most people didn't. So that's what I'm saying. For the most part, you wouldn't run into too many problems unless, like, Linville was programming it because <laughs> he did a lot of that stuff. Well, he also, in, in the, like Farfall, he made it detect what version it was running on, too. So on the, right. on the screen for that, even I think yeah. Christmas Rush like did the like same Dragon thing, Stuff like Dragonfire definitely doesn't work the same because of the time right. it's off. Right, So. Um, York did vertical blind stuff, too. I thought he, I thought yeah. he tried to. Yeah. Um, I see. So when you, when you made that comment, you're kind of talking about, like, he does, he does a lot of VDG stuff that does exploit the timing. Is that what you meant oh, by that? Absolutely. Yeah. Right, and so that yeah. since the timer is different, it, those exploitations might not display as expected. Exactly. Um, V-sync timing will definitely be an issue because it's fifty hertz, fifty times per second on the PAL ones, and it's sixty yeah. hertz on NTSCs. Yeah, gotcha. So that that would be interesting to know because I know when when you run XROR, you can run a PAL or an NTSC Dragon, and I'm, we could probably test it that way too. I'm just curious because what I want to know is when I finally unbox my Tano Dragon, which is the U.S. Dragon. I want to check out some of these games. I'm hoping they're going to play okay. You know, I want to. Play I would say 90 to 95 percent of them yeah. don't use VSync. Yeah. At some point in time, I would love to sit down and play some real Dragon games on a real Dragon. Yeah. Aren't there some like old new stock Tano Dragons available? Mm, I'm not sure if California Digital still has any. For for no, a while, a, for a while there was. While. Yeah. They sold that a few years back. Yeah. And only so. I know. Yes. Well, I knew, but I was, it was, I, I didn't feel comfortable. All the stuff they were talking about was, well, the guy's not really good about getting back to you and, you know, it's difficult to deal with and you got to be patient. And so to me, I just wasn't sure, but yeah, in the end, I ended up getting one anyway. So I'm glad I do have one, but uh, I didn't jump on it when, when it was around. Um, anyways, yeah, that's cool. So what else we got to talk about here, boys and girls, anything? Well, I can give you a little bit of an update here. That uh, powder, soap powder, cocoa three now has a new uh, has a new power switch in it, and is actually uh, up and running behind me uh, with the SDC. So we're all uh, ah okay. So what we're looking, what we see on the screen there is coming from that cocoa. Actually, the one on the bottom. There, the, the cosmic ambush. ambush. Yeah. So you cleaned out the cartridge port, and that was it. Yep, cleaned it out. Uh, I just have to. Uh, I'm going to do a 512k upgrade on in here in a bit, but. Uh, other than that, it's good to go. It, it's, a, it's a quick. It was a quick so uh, repair. So you literally been doing that while we've been uh, talking. Oh, should have. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're that boring that, that you just you know fix cocos in the background. It it passes the time, right? Can I send yeah. you mine? It was either that or sleep. Week? You know, so. Yeah. Does it pass? Does it pass the real time though? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll send you my dead cocoa too. You can fix it next week. Oh, well, I don't know about that. This was just a power switch. <laughs> but yeah, I got it running Cosmic Ambush. I was going to run something else. Like, Wait a minute, I got to put 512K in this yet. So that'll that'll be the next next thing there. I'm just, it has a 6809. I'm just going to leave that as is right now. But it's okay. up and running. So I'll, I'll take it. That's uh, Oh, one thing. Is, is Nick Marenti still on the call? I was going to ask him, did he want to give us an update on Gunstar? We haven't seen a blog for a while. I was just wondering how that's going. Uh, yeah, I'm still I'm still working on it. There's uh, a lot of things to do, but I I don't really have an update. Um, 
at this point, I guess, uh, video-wise, I'm going to be uh, leaving it as a surprise for people. But okay. there is uh, all, all four levels are in there. The boss aliens are in there. But, yeah, there's still a lot more to go. So, yeah. so is this a Christmas release or later? Well, either Christmas or the Cocoa Fest, I guess, is what I'm aiming for. So we'll see. <laughs> Christmas see release, what year? It's not really. <laughs> Let's say Christmas and Cocoa Fest is kind of a big window. Hey, hey, you got me. <laughs> 2020-ish. I'm still playing it safe. Yes. Um, but, uh, it's looking good anyway so far. Yeah, well, I guess my update, if anything, which we did at the top of the show, I, I mentioned to you guys last week, I'm in the middle of doing an office reorg, and that reorg is coming together. So my main computer desk I'm sitting at now is probably how it's going to be for a while. I think the only thing I might change is I might want to get a hutch that has more clearance where I can slide Cocos under my computer monitor. So now it's not easy for me to have Cocos in the mix. So my Cocos is kind of off to the side right now. But this desk is where it's going to be so you know some minor tweaks on that um but yeah i'm trying to get more back into doing coco stuff besides just this show you know i could playing coco games making coco game videos maybe working on some developing of something so i'm just trying to get my ducks in a row to be able to do more coco things uh, we're have getting you close sold to... off anything else since too that you said you're trying to kind not of really, talk about? not really. I didn't have, I don't really have anything else Coco left to sell. I just kind of like I have an extra game console of a Sega Saturn, and I've got some duplicate cartridges. I don't think anybody was as interested in those, so those those will just get boxed up, I guess. Um, so yeah, yeah. But I do, I want to fix the sound problem on this TDP 100, get that going, so I can make some good clean videos with the Coco VGA, be able to hear things from the speech sound cartridge. So I can play inspirational games like Waterfall, um, you know, yes. things like that. So, um, <laughs> boys on tech <laughs> update, Coco talk, the host still stinks. <laughs> so, but we did a spontaneous, uh, gaming marathon last night that I thought was fun. That was and, fun. um, you know, a different way of streaming. We we streamed the live video to Discord, so people could actually watch it in Discord and talk real time, and it actually worked. So that was kind of an interesting experiment. To and see you were trying out John Strong's uh, new joystick too. John Strong's joystick, which seems to work. Um, so, yeah, very cool. Are you going to be streaming Discord again tonight? Mm, maybe you never know. I actually I want to try to figure out the sound. So I was hoping some people with a little bit of hardware knowledge could help me troubleshoot why I'm having some audio issues on there. Um, so maybe we can just I don't know if we need to stream that to the world, but maybe I could have it where you guys could see my cocoa and tell me what to look at to try to fix it. Um, I would love to get the sound working on the cocoa consistently. Yeah. On on what you've got a cocoa? It's what's well, it's actually it's a TDP one hundred. Um, but okay. it's got it's got a composite mod, and so I'm assuming the problem is possibly something in the composite mod because I'm not just I'm not getting all the audio. Oh, okay, right. So you, so you're getting like um, the DAC sound, but not I'm getting the some DAC sound, but in, sometimes I'm, it kicks in, sometimes it kicks out. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So that's something I'd like to get ironed out because uh, you know I want to be able to make good clean um coco one and two videos and the coco vga is going to handle the video the visual part but i need to get clean audio as well 
Well, until uh, you fix it, can't you just uh, choose another gray case cocoa and pop it in there? Mm, well, then There's I have no to cocoa move, VGA on that. I one would have to though. move the cocoa VGA, and I'd have to. Yeah, uh, well, that's what I'm saying. I'd have to socket a VDG. That's something I don't know how to do. Uh, those, I think, are already socketed on the hardware machines. No, I don't know. And then maybe that's something we can figure out. It was on, it was on your TDP, right? Honestly, I don't know because Brendan did it for me, so I don't yeah. know. That's mine was my like uh, my eboard cocoa. Well, actually, both my eboard and my F board cocos have got all the chips socketed. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, TDP is so, basically an F board cocoa, so yeah. So you could do that. Mm. Okay. Grab one well, of your gray ones and throw it in there. And you're, okay. you're solved for a while until you have somebody look at your machine. Uh, no, but isn't the sound connection require soldering or something? Yeah, it's just like two points. It's easy. Yeah, well, I've got, I've got, yeah, I've, I've got my other cocoa that already has a composite mod too. So the easiest, uh, you could use yeah, the easiest way to clips. get the easiest way to get sound out of them is just to uh, to connect a, a like a, a one microfarad or even a ten microfarad electrolytic capacitor to pin three of the RF converter and then the other side directly to your audio. That's all you really need to do for it. It's a pretty straightforward mod. Okay, well, maybe we can figure that out later tonight. Um, all right, so as far as this show is concerned, have we beat it to death? Do we have any parting thoughts, any words of wisdom, things we want to share? I well, actually do you... have one more little thing to, to share that I forgot about earlier on. Okay. Um, I, don't, I don't actually have a picture of it. The, the device isn't here, but that uh, the ACO160 EVK, the evaluation kit to converts the uh, audio from my Coco one or two, three or whatever, um, into MIDI and control voltages to control the synthesizer that I showed on an earlier episode. Um, Brian from uh, Second Sound has come up with a, a new version of it, and the new version tracks audio even better than this one does. Hmm. Um, this one, yeah, this one has a few little glitches because, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a prototype and it was an evaluation kit. Mm -hmm. um, and it had a few little glitches that kind of held me up a little bit with the project. Um, I got uh, word via email yesterday that uh, Brian has uh, packaged up and sent a new version of the EVK to me. Uh, which oh, is on neat. Its way now. It's, so, uh, yeah, hopefully within a week or so, maybe even by next show, I might have it here to, to demonstrate. Cool. Hmm. Cool, cool, cool. You need more Cocoa music. Yeah, absolutely. So I've, I've, I've actually held back a little bit on, on writing new songs for it until this uh, version... Uh, came out because it will allow me to track things a bit easier. And now with John Strong's play command updates and everything, I'll be able to feed the Coco, uh, the um, Mega Mini MPI directly into uh, this kit. And I should get really clean, really accurate uh, conversion results out of this new combination. Cool. Can't wait to hear it. Hmm. Uh, Any like. I'd like to uh, have people uh, come to uh, Ron's garage, take a look around. I uh, captured some um, pictures that were fun. Just uh, yeah, have, um, and uh, I did uh, a drawing of a Radio Shack store, and uh, somebody had mentioned that they thought they saw it in Rainbow, and I thought, well, gee, I've I've got somebody that has a Rondelville beard. That's cool. That makes <laughs> me feel good. And then somebody else that thinks that I'm good enough to be. In the Rainbow Magazine. That's, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked your uh, I liked your Charlton Heston Moses picture. That was pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> come out good. If you pick the right picture to have dithered, 
It looks great, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. My favorite part of Moses is when he said, get your hands off of them, you damn dirty apes. Oh, wait, am I getting my movies confused right now? So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I thought that was Rick Grimes from The Walking Dead. <laughs> Rick Grimes! Carl! 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 <laughs> uh, what was uh, that, uh, History of the World? Where Moses comes down with yeah. the 15 yeah, commandments. I mean, 15. <laughs> I mean, 10. <laughs> I love that scene. Uh, that's good that's stuff. hilarious. Good stuff. Yeah, they are good. They're definitely good. I'm, I'm glad you um, I'm glad you do that, Ron. Yeah, it's fun. Ron, is so, the qu- you're the quintessential Coco enthusiast. You're so enthusiastic, and you're always doing something, and it's always interesting. That's the and, thing. Yeah. I use my cocoa, you know, during the day. I'm retired. I sit here and play with them. I uh, convert pictures. I um, draw on, on uh, well, Cocoa Max or um, the other Color one. Max Deluxe, yeah. Yeah, and um, it's fun, you know. I try to break things, you know. <laughs> one thing I was thinking of, I mean, one thing I was thinking, we've kind of exhausted, I think, a good chunk of your garage as far as hardware goes, is that maybe you, we could still do your Ron's Garage segment but you could just do all the things you did in the week, like show some of the yeah. pictures you created. and That'd be cool. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Ron's doodles. <laughs> yeah. That's a, yep. that's a, uh, that's a good idea. Thanksgiving's coming. We'll do some Thanksgiving graphics. Yeah, Monday. And, oh, wait. Yeah, not you. <laughs> wait. Well, yeah, that's good for you guys up north. You know, I was born in Alaska, so. Uh, oh, wow. I, I was born there, too, before it was a state. And uh, my mother was a, a little nervous because, uh, but I was born on an Air Force base. So. That's a bit of a contrast to uh, to uh, Arizona, um, huh? To Arizona, Arizona, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if you keep that trend up, you'll be mo- moving to the surface of the sun in about a year or two, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm gonna go at night. <laughs> Via Mercury, <laughs> it's but it's a dry heat. That's right. Uh-huh. Just right. go visit the sun at night; it'll be fine. It'll be a lot much cooler. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, what one one more uh, soap powder cocoa three update? You see, I now have the uh, Pac Man transcode playing. So okay, so that's you. One hundred twelve K was successful. Maxed so out the ring. Wow. Yeah, doesn't care. Nice, nice. A huge update. In the, yeah, it's in really. Life. Yeah, I know. It's breaking news. We need like a breaking news stinger. Now, we did do. you order? <laughs> did you order yeah. a keyboard from uh, Ed? And get that received while we were online. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> new keyboard I, it, installed. It was, um, that is it something coming, else. It was coming via Star Trek transporter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah, so. yeah. The quantum yeah. entangled version will be there shortly. It's... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, quantum I want to. I definitely. I want to thank you guys every week for coming coming together. This is always the highlight of my week because just getting together and talking to you guys and talking about the cocoa. I have. Uh, what what does that say about the rest of your week? You really? know, that, um, the rest of your life in general. I mean, holy yeah. Shit. Agreed. Agreed. Well, uh, the big thing for you is getting your desk set up, right? Yeah, I mean, the office has been uh, it's been a, like a thorn in my side, and psychologically, it's been really affecting my ability to do things because every time I walked in here I was just like ugh I hate it I don't I can't you know I didn't feel the feng shui of of anything here so trying to get the groove (laughs) back here 
Um, but yeah, I also been I was been thinking. I got man, I've been such a slacker when it comes to doing Coco <laughs> stuff. You know, I haven't been playing any games. I haven't been making any videos. I haven't been doing this. So seeing like these new podcasts come out and seeing other things going on, it's just kind of inspiring me to want to get back to doing more Coco stuff. Just besides this show. So I mean. Um, we got all you guys who do this. We got Ron. Ron, you're the biggest inspiration of them all. You know, you're just always right. doing something, you know. Um, and that's what yeah, it should be about. The other thing you know? is, too, is like a, there, there's been a few new game releases over the last year, but not a ton. So if you've played a lot of the other older ones, and you know, it might be getting kind of brutal to play the same games. But now that we're finding all these new Dragon games, you actually have a whole new catalog to go through. Yeah, and there's yeah. some pretty good and gems you, in there. So Even though we did last night on the Coco SDC, I just found games that I really wasn't that familiar with. So there's so many hidden gems in the uh in the library of the coco that yep. uh we can do some more of that stuff uh cool 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 anyone else any parting thoughts final words words of wisdom anything else any uh, announcements richard, richard from boys and tech says in the chat he says this show this show has been a thorn by my side <laughs> <laughs> chat's been here but it's been kind of quiet everything good for you chat absolutely just working on some code all right very cool thanks for being here um let's go ahead and acknowledge some of the people in that have been with us along for the live stream today we've had al hartman here retro innovations vocal studio also known as de bruce and curtis boyle nick marota alexander wallace mark b matchy and tim franklin and tom c and amigos retro gaming has been here nick marota has been here um tim franklin and who else and uh ken reichert ken ken make it has been here and all kinds of people here in the live chat as i'm scrolling through here david ladd aka dave's hobbies has been here aka paco Atakte, drencor um ben drakes from uh bill pierce has been here a couple weeks in a row now thanks bill for stopping by james jones stopped by uh, Curtis Boyle, Al Hartman, Tim Franklin, Nick Marota, Matchy has been here. Um, yep. Boyce on Tech out here trying to troll, doing an, uh, an okay job. Um, so thanks, guys, for, for doing it live. And still here in the panel, we've got L. Curtis Boyle and Nick Marota and Mark B. and Chet Simpson and David O'Connor and Jason Reichert and Ron Delvo and John Lowry and Nick Morentes and Diego has been here from You Are Gay. And uh, <laughs> Bill Pierce says, when I'm not napping. That's good, Bill. Thanks for thanks for having, hanging out with us. Hopefully we didn't put you to sleep. You, you uh, forgot Restreambot. Restreambot has, has been here. We did have uh, Lady Lumps tried to join the... Uh, <laughs> Tried to join the Discord <laughs> call there. So thanks, Lady Lumps, for stopping by and a few other people for trying to get in on the call. Um, oh, her humps. Her humps. Can we see a, a raise of hands? How many people would want to see Ed on here? Ed Snyder? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, oh, I, I think I think that. Yes. Ed Snyder. Yes. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Come on, Ed. All in favor? Ron Delvo. Ron, make but him an offer he can't here, refuse. I got, we got to do here. something. You got to go have lunch with him, Ron. Yeah. Man, we got to do something. Where does he if live? he's not on here, he's not working on his other stuff. Yeah, but you he's know, in Minnesota. If I remember. If we could just get a few minutes, you know, just maybe he kidding. could record yeah. something if he doesn't want to come on. Well, he does. He puts he, cool. he puts it all on YouTube and on Facebook. So yeah. uh, I would love to have him. I believe I've asked him to come on. I, uh, I know I don't want to push the guy, and we're grateful Some for what he are, does. 
But yeah, you know the great thing about Ed Snyder is he doesn't need to do press. You know, he's uh, his products uh, and his products stand for themselves. But would we themselves, yeah. would we love to have him on? Absolutely. Um, um, but cool thank you, how Ed. How his mind works, you know how how he comes up with. Yeah, he's been in the live chat a handful of times answering questions and stuff like that too. But absolutely, I agree. We would love to have um, uh, Ed Snyder on the program. I'm, I'm hoping we can convince he's him to a, come to Coco Fest this year too for the 40th anniversary because that would be nice. To have yeah. him actually you know, be there and we can you know thank him in person like what was his first computer that'd be cool to hear you know yep yep yep, yep. Well, grant lady says this show is too short which is a good thing oh all right so how about that i'm gonna play the <laughs> outro we're gonna cue outro and we'll be back for final final thoughts this concludes another episode of coco talk the world's leading live talk show featuring the tandy color computer for all things coco talk visit us on the web at coco talk Live. We'd love to hear from you. Send feedback, suggestions, even segments via email to CocoTalk at CocoTalk.live. CocoTalk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because CocoTalk is rocking the 8-bit world. Consider supporting the show with a purchase of merchandise from our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, click the Patreon link at our website at cocotalk.live. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world. Coco Talk would not exist without the community, its cast, crew, and contributors. Thanks go to Curtis Boyle, David Ladd, Mark Overholzer, Grant Leedy, Bruce Moore, Nick Marenkis, Ron Delvo, Rick Adams, Jason Riker, Richard Lorbieski, Jim Brain, Tom C., Rob Inman, Mark Bosley, Brian Joyce, Ken Riker, David O'Connor, Brian Weasler, Terry Steggy, Nick Marota, John Strong, and many more, especially to Steve Bjork for production suggestions and James Diffendaffer for making my head explode. Please help support the Coco community by visiting some of its various contributors. A list of resources is available at imacoconut.com. That's I-M-A-C-O-C-O-N-U-T dot com. The Coco Talk theme song is copyright 2008 by D. Bruce Moore and Greg Sheeler. Mixed, mastered, and produced by D. Bruce Moore. And that you is all she wrote, folks. Yeah, Ronnie. You know what's really cool is uh, when you have uh, D. Bruce Moore on with his son, and you hear in the background, Coco Talk. You know, it's like a background noise of people talking, and they're all Coco Talking. Oh, yes. I didn't think yeah, about next that. Next time you run that, listen. It's really cool to hear all that stuff. <laughs> That's something, you know, when I'm watching these uh, pictures at the end, one, one after another, everybody looks so good. And, and the, the natural background when those pictures were taken was that noise. Yeah, yeah. That, really was from, cool. that was from this year's Cocoa Fest for yep. the most part. Yep. 
It's really neat. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Final, final, final thoughts. John Lowry, anything for the folks at home to take away with? Uh, not really. No, I haven't been doing much lately. Uh, just, you know, working on getting healthy and getting ready to go back to work here in a couple of weeks. Uh, about uh, uh, 15 days, about two weeks, I'll be going back to work. And mm. uh, so just working on getting life normal again. Good. Feeling good? Yeah, feeling awesome. As a matter good. It's yeah. awesome. You look awesome. Thank you. That's good. Speaking of looking awesome, Nick Marota, Nick Marota, Nick Marota. Final thoughts, parting thoughts. The, the, the Brad Pitt of the Coco the world. Brad yes. Pitt. Yes. Self described, actually. He just became nice... a Christian. <laughs> oh, Brad did he? Yeah. Oh, good. Good. That's oh. good to hear. I'm always happy awesome. to hear that. Awesome. So yeah, yeah, again, happy, happy Turkey Day to all our Canadian, uh, well, including me, Canadian friends. Gobble, gobble. Uh, yep. Exactly. Very cool. Jason Reichert, have you one. fixed anything else? Have you cured world hunger, world peace, anything like that? Palestine's getting together, anything like that? Uh, well, I just, got, I just got to find the other little black thing that goes under the keyboard. I, I, <laughs> I, I misplaced that. Other than that... Uh, other than that, we're good, and uh, we'll we'll have some more stuff coming down the pike, uh, hopefully soon. Mm -hmm. uh, push the button, Frank. Yeah, well, Diego, we're glad you could <laughs> join us this week. Thanks for joining us from Uruguay. Uh, any parting thoughts for you? No, you know, just uh, I miss you guys when I'm away for this long. I hope I can make it often, and uh, I hope that I'll be able to make it to Coco Fest. I don't want to miss the 40th. Yeah, that would be great. It'd be good to see you again. Yeah. Yes, L. Curtis Boyle. Parting thoughts. Uh, well, my schedule is still basically the same as it was last time. By the end of October, I should be out of work uh, rush season here. I thought I was going to be starting to die down this week, and that didn't happen. Basically, the last two days, I just got jobs dumped on me, so I got to work the rest of the weekend. But um, it's still looking good for that uh, end of October. I should be done, done. And then I can actually start getting back to you as abuse and trying to remember where the hell I left off. Ease mm -hmm. abuse. Done, We're done. I thought your busy season lasted January through December. <laughs> no, nope. not, especially not this last year. It was dead for the first six months. It was yeah. pretty bad. Mark B, any parting thoughts, words of wisdom, advice, you know, stock just tips? Try to stay awake. <laughs> try to stay awake. <laughs> especially if you're behind the wheel right now. Ron Delvaux. Uh, I gave my two cents. I'm All right. Much Nick Marentes, any Australian wisdom for us? Crikey. Crikey. <laughs> That's a funny thought. That's what Steve Owen said. I think he's got a little something right and there on that. Right? There. There yeah, no, no wisdom. No wisdom. No wisdom from Nick for a change, right? Crikey, get out there and work on your cocoa. Yeah, so. All right, Chet Simpson. Chet Simpson, you have the final word. Um, I will actually have something for y'all in the next couple of weeks uh, to talk about on the show. So it'll be I'm sure it'll be boring and technical, but uh, oh, that's cool. The next week or the, or the following week. So yeah, something I've been documenting last. Uh, did you uh, did you see what um, uh, Rick Adams did with your database and how he made it like a nice little retro front end and everything? 
Yeah, I did. I was really hoping somebody would be able to, to take that and make, uh, make use of it. So I was really glad to see that he was able to get that up and make it uh, publicly available so that people could, you know, uh, search it and, and, uh, uh, you know, read some of the messages from back in the day. Cause there's, you know, there is a lot of information on there, particularly about how to use certain programs that uh, you just have to kind of search for it a little bit. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. There we go. So we have got a, we have a title for episode 130 then. Hmm. Which is? What is it? Chet Simpson's Simpson's show? Whatever. (laughs) The teaser he's doing now. This isn't going to be another like Stevie Rage quits the show during a highly technical discussion. Nah, let's hope so. Right. Here's a good question. We'll close on this thought here. Can a Coco go on the internet and making its own network and create new crypto uh, named Coco Coin? <laughs> we didn't have a guy sure. today, did we? We did, we did. Yes, we did. We did. Oh, okay, must have went to the bathroom. Technically feasible. Okay, the other question is these five dollar ukuleles. Yeah. Yeah. Special shout out to does anybody know how Steve Bork Bjork is? He's fine. We saw him, we talked to him the other night. You gotta, you gotta okay, come great. to Discord more often. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. We're pressing the button. Goodbye. Say goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. See you next week. All right. Pressing the button.